You're listening to another Type 40 Live Doctor Who podcast from the Spacebook. Audio editions of our video content originally streamed to YouTube and other platforms. A quick reminder, this is recorded completely live and we interact with viewers across those platforms in real time. The occasional detail may get lost in translation, we're working on that, and the odd swear word may pass one or more of our lips, so this show may not be suitable for the under-15s. Now that's all straight, let's start the show. at last after all that noise all that hullabaloo <laughs> that takes you here to the Spacebook channel whatever time zone or time stream you're joining us from around the world or the universe welcome back to type 40 live here at the Spacebook channel <laughs> we've got a show for you today it's a packed one as the act no I won't, no I won't do the gag I won't do the gag don't spoil you do we <laughs> yeah great to be here wherever you are and wherever I am where am I here I am hey Hello, everybody. I am Dan Hadley, Birmingham's King of the Geeks, and your your guide through the next couple of hours worth of Doctor Who related goodness. Lots coming up. I don't even know where to start. Fortunately, I've got some shipmates waiting to come on board in a second, and you guys watching there in the chat. Of course, we've got a live chat going on at the moment. Lots of our friends and companions. We prefer companions. I think we I think we spoke about this last time. We prefer companions by a long, long way. They're over watching on Facebook and here on YouTube, the world's largest streaming platform, all live. So get your comments in as the show is going along. Let us know if we're getting it all right or getting it all wrong and put your questions to us because that's what we're here for this time, isn't it? It's due to popular demand. <laughs> due to popular demand. Yes, we're back with the Ask Us Anything. I say again. Keep it clean if you can, <laughs> because it is 4 p.m. in the afternoon here in Great Britain. Not sure where it, where it, uh, wherever you are, what the time is there, of course, because we have people joining us from all over the world and plenty of other worlds. We've got some suspicions about some of you there, but uh, who's here first? Megan Eurobyte is present. Whew. Thank heaven for that. We couldn't have started the show without you, Megan Eurobyte, could we? And Alex Stora from, from The Light Dreams there. He's, he's woken, just about, but he's ridiculously early too. Good day, folks. Why why do I always do that in an Australian accent? Richard, good to see you, mate. <laughs> uh, oh, Alex is, uh, is sitting here thinking about Dalek colour schemes, which I assume is a totally normal thing to do. Alex, 
why not? If you can't beat them, join them. Uh, Heidi, hi. Heidi, no, Heidi, ho to you all. Keeps me on my toes. As always, Derek Brady's been keeping me on my toes for years over in the Type 40 Facebook group. Good to see you, Derek. As they're all comparing notes about, oh, we've got the quarks here. Just thinking about quarks. Little spiky, spiky blighters. Yeah, it's, it's good to see you all. Afternoon all, says Disaster Area. Can be that much of a disaster with Disaster Area around and the geek inside joining us, materializing from a hot and humid Canada. So many regulars and plenty of new people too. I think lots of people watching. It's good to good to know. Okay, what should we start with? Well, we have <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. people go straight into either talking about their food or talking about the weather whenever we go on live. I'm not going to take that personally, everyone. I'm not going to take it personally. I'm just going to move on and bring on, yes, the original Hunatic. Of course it is. It's uh, my mate, Simon Horton. Hello, Hello, Dan. Hello, everybody out there. I hope we're all enjoying the wonderful sunny weather that we've kind of got a little bit of today. I don't know what it's like with you, Dan. It's yeah. kind of middling. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say sunny. It's nowhere near as bright as your wondrous shirt that you're you're wearing today. It's <laughs> 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 a bit of everything on there, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All colours of the rainbow. Oh, I was kind of a bit concerned. It makes me look a, like a twelve-year-old, but you know, I, I don't care. I'm the lunatic that never grew up, so. Pfft. <laughs> the, the inner child in all of us. Talking about people who've never grown up, Simon, I think this may yeah. appeal to you because okay. uh, some of our some of our Doctor Who favourites are back in the news again this week. Now, I'm pleased to say it's a little better. It's not Noel Clark again, basically. It's nothing like that. It's a lot, lot better. We've got uh, this story. So this man's been in the news today. Where is he? Here he is. Peter Capaldi. The Peter! Doctor Who, of course. Mask off, no doubt, in preparation, getting used to the feel of fresh air on his face when we all hopefully go uh, go restriction free in a few weeks time but this there he is caught on the streets of london this was leaving rehearsal or it may even have been an actual show that he's in at the moment something with zoe wanamaker that they're in together but yeah i thought that was a, i thought it was a really nice picture there of peter but he's also been in the news because apparently if you remember Peter Capaldi is not just a lifelong Doctor Who fan, but he's a uh -huh. lifelong musician as well. He used to be in a band back in the yeah. 70s or the early 80s called the Dream, the Dream Boys with Craig Ferguson, the, the Scots yeah. comedian, all that yeah, sort yeah. of stuff. Well, apparently during lockdown, Peter Capaldi hasn't, hasn't been lazy. He hasn't been recording anything for Big Finish like some of the others, but he hasn't been lazy. He's Good been writing his very first album, and the plan Ooh. is now that he's free to record it and put it out. So I was wondering, what what do you think? What kind of music do you see Peter Capaldi putting on this album? Would you think there'd be any cover versions or what? Oh gosh. Well, you, you know, I mean, this this isn't the first time that a doctor would have recorded no. stuff. I mean, I know John Pertwee recorded an album a long time ago, back in the seventies, um, and I, I've never heard it. But I, well, I don't know. If it was a whole album, but he certainly recorded some songs. We say songs in the loosest possible sense of the word. <laughs> I think he talked through most of them. <laughs> they were more just, they were more chants, weren't they? Simon? Yeah, yeah. Just like just like, of course, William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy. Though you know they they've all released stuff, and it's all pretty much unlistenable. Uh, <laughs> so, so I'm hoping that, that that Peter's is a little bit. Um, and then of course there's Peter Davison. We've been there before. Button Moon. We've been oh, yeah. to Button Moon. So, you know, 
he's got a, he's got um, he's got mm. some big boots to fill, has Peter. So so I hope he's better than 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 some of those efforts. He has indeed. I mean, may, maybe he'll connect with with his uh, Scottish roots as well, and, and uh, yeah, do something a bit. Uh, how can I put this? A bit traditional. What do you think, JT? As a fellow Scot, what do you reckon about this? I'm quite excited about this because um, Peter is a, a punk guy. He is. He's a oh, rocker. He? He's a rock and roller. Um, and uh, he's very good on the electric guitar, as we know. But his musical yeah. influence is very much that off the wall, spit in your face, throw a pint of lager across the room. I can't wait to hear what he's going to come out with. <laughs> He's, he's, he's not so he's, so so he's not kind of he's not a new romantic. He's, he's definitely. He's not like his. He's not like his nephew or whatever Lewis is to him. No, he's nothing like that. I think this will be very much um, the the proper aging punk something to say type thing, and that's why I'm excited. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to see what he's going to come up with. So yeah, great news. In all seriousness, I half expected him to be picking up the mantle of David Bowie, but now that you've said that, yeah, I think. I think you could be onto something. He was he was a punk, and I still think you know. Bring the mm -hmm. Malcolm Tucker to the mic. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it depends who he's working with as well. But I think it's going to be. Uh, well, I hope. And if he's watching, Peter, give us something really outrageous. Come is, on. The thing is, of course, the whole world is watching this. You know, there's a lot riding on this. He could end up with egg on his face because there's going to be a lot of attention gets on this. Bay City Rollers! Can you imagine him as an aging <laughs> no. Bay City It could end up with a, a number one worldwide album. But if it's really that sort of, Good. you know, come on, if it's if it's really that sort of thing uh, and it's a, it's a punk element and it's mixing in with all that sort of stuff, he's got a, he's got a seller there. Hi, Lord Darth. <laughs> nice to see you. What do you think the album will be called, then, Ian? Dave? Oh, do you think would, would they go for the? Be called Doctor Who. <laughs> Doctor Who sings with a, probably called. with a question mark. <laughs> Doctor Who yeah. sings for you. Uh, yeah. yeah, probably. I, I think there'll be something about time in the in the title of the album. I think he's going. He knows he's got us. He knows a lot of us are going to pull the trigger on that out of loyalty to to Peter Capaldi. He knows his I, audience, doesn't he? Yeah, I think so. Talking about knowing knowing their audience, we we've got. Uh, a, he could call it. He could call it the Navarinos. He could call it something. <laughs> <laughs> cool. yeah. We might want to sell a copy or two, so maybe. <laughs> well, you know, you've got other. <laughs> it's it, it's on a theme with some of the punk that's out there. <laughs> it, is, it is. Yeah, Peter. It's we've got lots of Peter fans here. Should be cool. Peter is great. Yeah. And yeah, game game closet here. Check, oh, Simon Horton. Here's a who says Richard Brooks. <laughs> Very good. Game closet. That's Scott, isn't it? He was on Craig's show prior to being the Doctor. He talked. Oh, he talked those punk rock days there, JT. So you're probably onto something mm. there. But Hope how so. are you? How are you this weekend? What's going on with you? Nothing much. Been been on other channels, you know. Getting you know. Talking oh, the about, channels. Yeah, other yeah. channels. Being on other channels. Don't know what he's, don't know what he's, he's so cheeky. This one. What do you mean? <laughs> other channels. Knocking <laughs> off. <laughs> you haven't been recording a debut album then to surprise us with. Them, yes, right? I have with with Peter Picoldi actually. <laughs> yeah, he's on. A, he's on a. He's on a Tardis tuner and a xylophone. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, uh, uh, Tardis tuner. Oh God, yeah. Tardis tuner. Who remembers the old that. Tardis tuner? Yeah. God, I remember being gutted by that when it arrived, and all it was was, it was a radio. Yes, <laughs> with some funny noises on, and I was gutted, but it looked fantastic. It's an well, AM radio with lights on it. <laughs> you, you guys actually owned one of these things. Yeah, I've only well, seen them at, at collectors' fairs and things. You, did you remember these as well, Ian? Yeah, I remember them. I, I, I never owned one though. Never owned one. Um, it wasn't one of those things I wanted though. 
Well, no, they definitely you know. oversold it in the advert. It got too weekly. It was definitely oversold. It wasn't a TARDIS tune. Oh, no, that's the reason I got it. In Doctor Who Weekly, you had that gorgeous comic strip. Do you remember yeah. and all this sort of yeah, stuff? Yeah, like, yeah. That, I want one of those! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they made it look, big time. <laughs> they made it look so, so cool. People dropping in. Hey, up, chaps, yeah. just dropping in for a quick work skype. Then, so hey, hey, up, hell, mate. Good hey, to up, see you. Your secret is safe with us. And uh, Alex, <laughs> Alex, also a musician here, he says that, damn, that's why I couldn't get... Peter, for my album. <laughs> you might do something. Listen, I've been listening to Alex's new album, uh, The Light Dreams, and it's fantastic. It's an instrumental album, and it's brilliant. Go out and get it. It's on Bandcamp now, and I've got it. I've been listening to it all week. It's a cracker. Bandcamp. Sorry. <laughs> it seems we're behind on the news, everybody. Apparently, he's released a single last year called If I Could Pray. Oh, we'll have to look I'm it up. Let's, let's go look on YouTube for that one, because I've never heard of that. I'm hoping he's going to do something like the Ramones or something like that. Ooh. Well, yeah. I, mean, I mean, another doctor put out, well, so-called doctor. I mean, what's his name? Hugh Laurie put out an album, a jazz album out, didn't he, after he finished uh, House? So, he you know, is, they're all yeah. doing it, aren't they? They're all doing it. Yeah. So, I'm not surprised. And there was that covers album last year, which featured uh, Jody Whittaker on there singing, <laughs> uh, singing that Coldplay, murdering that Coldplay <laughs> track. There was so much auto-tune on that, on that recording. I'm surprised. Oh, auto-tune. Melt the studio. In distress. That was class comparison. I want to know, guys, we've been taking questions from people over on Facebook and Twitter, anywhere basically that I can put that I can that I can solicit them from. We've been taking questions all week for Ask Us Anything round two. So uh, how do you feel about this? Are we feeling nervous? Are we touching cloth yet? Yay, we're up for it. (laughs) Way, we're up for it already. Somebody's sneaking, somebody's sneaking one here. We've got a question here from mm, watching in the chat. Question for the panel. If you had to accept a compromise, would it be Jody or Mikey Spock? That's who's Michael Mikey Bur- Spock? That's oh. Michael Burnham from Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> Which is worse? Which fictional character is worse? I think they're saying it's you know what? It's a bit, it's a toss up. <laughs> it is a toss up. I'd rather well, stick needles in my eyes. I don't know Mikey Spock, so I'm definitely no. going for Mikey Spock because you know, <laughs> don't go. got to be better than what I know. Just, I, I, I. Just I don't know work. Mikey Spock either because I've heard in, <laughs> I, I've heard too much about Discovery to actually want me want, want to, to tune it, into yeah, it, yeah, yeah. which might be a bad thing. But I just thought, no, it doesn't no, sound like Mike's going to show. Well, you were one of the people. You were one of the people that said, "Don't bother watching it." So I didn't. I personally would rather have Michael Burnham. A because no, because she's prettier, and most importantly, B because I know who that character is. I don't like the character, <laughs> but at least I know who she is, what yeah. she stands for. There's a consistent line with that character, which is something that I feel that we haven't got with with the. She's the an original character, there. isn't she, Dan? She's not. She's not. She is. Um, she wasn't yeah. once a man, for example. <laughs> no, no, they yeah. have. They have created a a completely new character, a mm. set of new characters for that show. They've co- they've kind of bolted mm. her on because she's uh, she's Mr. Spock's step. Sister or adopted sister, or something like that. <laughs> I didn't know. have one of them. Yeah, it is a little ham-fisted, didn't. but they, yeah. you know, at least they went to some lengths to embed this character into the law. It's the only problem I've ever had with okay. with Michael Burnham is that I just don't like her very much. So I find her very difficult to to get behind. I think she does way too much crying, way too much complaining, oh. and 
it's very convenient. All the things that happen to her, that everything sort of drops into a lap. That's what they call a Mary Sue, I believe, in pop culture. You wouldn't get that with Captain Catherine Janeway now, would you? No, no. All hail Captain Janeway. We love Janeway. Wrong show, but we love Janeway. (laughs) And we've got another question here from Yet It Is. Uh, This is a new name. I don't recognise this name. Hello, all. I hope you're having a lovely day. For my question, it's uh, if you could pitch the next Doctor Who spin-off series, what would it be? Simon? Romana. Romana. K-9. We've already had K9. You can't say K9 again. No, I can. Romana. I just did. K9. <laughs> How many times can I say K9? Definitely so, Romana spin-off. Definitely Romana Oh, this spin-off. is interesting. So yeah. uh, definitely Romana in her own adventures rather That's than right. taking over That's the right. main show. So nope. off doing her own thing. And what would you? who would you cast in that? I'd probably cast... Um, uh, the girl that was in Captain America. I can't. I keep forgetting her name. Uh, Haley Atwell. Atwell. Probably cast her. I think she's great. Probably cast her, uh, and she'd be terrific. And I'll write it, and I'll direct it, and it'll be awesome. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> can't argue with that. I think if I was to, if I was to conceive a new spinoff from Doctor Who, I think I would make it a sort of. I don't think they were wrong with class going for an ensemble no! for a small. For a small <laughs> ensemble cast, I don't. I I've got Funny. same with Torchwood. I suppose Sarah Jane was an ensemble in the end, really, wasn't yeah. it? Sarah Jane was the I best. Think they're right to have those sort of four, maybe five, main characters, and I I also think that there should be an at least one alien in the mix. But you know what? I just. Again, this is why I've always felt that class didn't have it all wrong. I would create some new characters and embed it into the lore somewhere, the the actual fabric of the Doctor Who universe. So maybe I'd have one of them be a draconian or something like something like that. I would find a way to to embed it in rather than to spin off a character that we already know. I would play off of a, a culture that we already know or spinning out of an event, either either classic series or, or time war. Or, or something since mm. I don't know. I would take that element, and I would do. I hate to say this. I'm going <laughs> to. I'm going to draw on something that John Ainsworth said when I talked to him about Big Finish and Blake Seven last year. I would make. If we look at Doctor Who as the next generation, I would make the Deep Space Nine equivalent of Doctor Who. I'd have something go going along parallel. And um, I mean, you could say they did that again. They did. Well, that they did. Ramona. They've done it. They've done it all. They did yeah. it with Sarah Jane. They did it with Torchwood. That all ran yeah. parallel to the Doctor's Adventures um, I, in the proper show. I wouldn't. The only difference is I wouldn't set it on the Earth. I would. Yeah. I would set it somewhere else. Either either have how you human beings or aliens <laughs> in another another culture, or maybe even living in another time. So well, yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd probably set it no. set it all oh, in one time. It's well, that's and, that's. That's what Bob and Dave always said went, was wrong with the K9 and Company pilot, wasn't it? With no disrespect to anyone involved with it, but they always thought that it should be K9 in space with yeah. Leela. Yeah. Yeah. There needs to be that clash. There needs to be a clash Aww. of a clash of cultures somehow. And I think the K9 show, when we talked about it, you know, we talked about it with 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 Bob and Paul on our episode about all about K9. And I think we've spoken about it since, Heather, that the idea with that show was to take it in different directions. It wasn't going to be a sort of uh, a murder mystery a midsummer murder kind of thing every week they did plan on doing other things with it mm. but even so yeah i think it was too uh i would say kitchen sink because it wasn't it was sort of uh, the body in the library kind of story i don't think that's right for doctor who either ian have you got any ideas about storytelling or or would you just keep it really simple what for for k9 
For an alpha morph for a Doctor Who spin-off show, really, would you? I, I would wouldn't you go. Just for, the reason why I didn't like class like. was because it's the same reason why I don't like um, Harry Potter, is because I'm working class and I couldn't relate to any of those kids, nor could I relate to anyone in class at whatsoever. Um, so I would never go down that route as a filmmaker, whatever. I'll definitely do Romana because I think Romana people, the the fans know Romana. Plus, we'll introduce it to the new fans, her to the new fans. Plus, you know, it's it's a it's a good balance between the doctor who's a male and, and Romana who's a female, you know, and, and, and go down that route in my opinion and create a whole new world for her. Maybe sometimes they cross over a couple of times, whatever that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and do, and do it that way and concentrate and make sure that she's feminine, make sure that she's, I hate to say this pretty, <laughs> make sure that she looks fantastic, you know, and make sure that the adventures are edge of your seat stuff, monster stuff, you know, all the stuff that Doctor Who's known for. Yeah. Would also, you, would, you, you, would you move forward with it though, Ian, or would you do, because yeah. Game Closet here in the chat mentioned yeah. something we get a lot, a Time War show. People talk about a Time War show a lot with mm. Paul McGann, Doctor. Would, would you do that? Would you go back to a time of, in Doctor Who history or would you push on? No, no, no. Look, look, there's no point in going backwards. It's, I mean, we've had so many member berries. It's I ridiculous. Agree. I agree. Right? We should go forward and, and give Romana, you know, uh, original villains, you know, original monsters and move forward like, like Doctor Who exists. But we should go forward like we're creating new stuff, create new stuff for the new generation. That's what we should be doing, in my opinion. Mm. I think course. you know what? You know, I, as I'm thinking now, what I think I'd be interested in is uh, a Gallifrey series. Um, so the whole thing is set on Gallifrey. So Romana could come into it because in my yeah. world, Romana is is Lord President. I, I buy that. Um, so so, and that would be good a Gallifrey series, but, but set in the kind of Gallifrey that I know and love from from the Deadly Assassin. That kind of Gallifrey, um, I can see that being interesting so you'd have the political angle that you obviously get that goes with gallifrey but then you've got the the interference with alien species other planets etc etc i can uh, there'd be a lot of uh, that'd be a pretty fertile ground i think I'd they did that. it with krypton didn't they and it failed busily. oh that was terrible wasn't yeah. it yeah. i tried really, i tried really to watch show. it oh yeah. awful really yeah. bad yeah, i yeah. felt for them every every second that they were in it <laughs> i was like oh god that's <laughs> awful the cast were really good in that they worked they, they were they really trying hard, they? you could see them trying couldn't you mm. but no wonder it was axed <laughs> yeah, yeah. Another question. They're coming thick and fast. These questions. We've got Retro Dicky here saying, "Would you bring back the missing episodes with deep fake if money was no object?" Yes, yes, yes. yes. Especially, especially JT, the, um, Second Doctor. Yes. Um, well, 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 quick. Can I just say what the series I would do because I'm not into any continuity. Okay. Just very quickly because uh, I'm not into all that sort of stuff. I would just bring back. I would just. I would want a war series starring the Daleks. Um, and a proper war series where they're just I, trampling over everything and, and bang, 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 and get rid of it. And then guest things and resistance fighters and that whole special effect thing. I would just, Dalek, 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 kill everybody. Um, and, and their machinations are really bringing that out. Would I bring back the missing episodes with Deep Fake if money was no object? If there was a market for it and I'd have to be proven that the fans wanted it. And then I wouldn't bring it back on television. I would put it onto the Blu-ray box sets yeah. or the equivalent. Yeah. I think because there's a huge market for it, tell you the truth. Is, yeah. Imagine yeah. imagine a deep fake version of the missing episodes of Patrick Troughton. That yeah, would you be see, amazing. I wouldn't friends. watch it. I wouldn't I watch would. it personally. I, I wouldn't I be would. comfortable with it at all. Uh, no. I, I, just, I just, no, I don't know. Having seen some of, some of the stuff that's out, I feel mm. uncomfortable with it. 
I don't know. It's I, starting I to it. look better. We, uh, Simon and I interviewed uh, a guy called uh, Kieran Hyman, mm. and he is working on things like colorizations and whatnot. Yeah. But he's also experimented with deep fake too. Right. Uh, partly performing himself and, and mixing it in with, he must put it through four or five different deep fake processes, just like Rich, uh, Retro Dicky says here. And the things that he was putting on, I think it was on Twitter, say two years ago, compared to the stuff that I saw him put out just after Christmas, yeah. was was a country mile better, mm. almost to the point where if you squinted, you could believe that that was Patrick Trent. You have to get permission, I think, because if you use their likeness, you have to, yeah. you have to yeah. get permission yeah. off the, the family yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. You would have to do that. Yeah, but I mean, they're obviously they're obviously getting the permission to do that for the for the animations that they endlessly keep churning out. And to be honest, I'm so I'm not really mm. very impressed. I'm being brutally honest. I'm not very impressed with a lot of the animation that I'm seeing on these. Uh, it's these very one dimensional. Up. Evil of the Daleks just doesn't rocket for me what was the one yeah. that was recently out it, it, it it's not brilliant animation i'm sorry i'm sure there's no, a lot of work goes into it but it can't be that difficult to make patrick trout look like patrick Troughton, can it but it clearly well, is a lot of so, the fans so keep saying I'd, it looks I, like what i'm saying is i'd rather see them have a go at deep fake yeah because uh, they can't do any worse than the animations in, in but that's a huge opinion. production, though. If you did a deep fake, you'd have to get the actors in with the same build as Patrick Trout and the same height. You'd okay. have to get all I the other actors and but stuff like that. we are like talking that. money, no object. We're talking yes, I'm money saying. No so you, yeah. you have to shoot. You have to create the sets. You have to shoot everything. And do you know what I mean? So and it's, and it's, it's, it's a well, huge production. They've huge got production. a guy. They, then they work on the, animation, on the animated ones in certain mm. instances where they haven't got so many uh, telesnaps and things. Mm. They have to – they don't – they have to try and recreate – the actors say for example patrick Trout's body language so they have certain actors that they work with it's not quite uh rotoscoping but it's not mm. far off and they they get the actor to basically act it act it out yeah. and they draw and animate around that for certain key scenes in those animated stories so i think that once those two mediums kind of mingle we may we may see it evolve into something like that by which point they'll all have been animated in 2D. So, you know, they'll start animating them all again. I, I don't know. I think that I, I don't think there's any breaks on this, certainly in our lifetimes. As long as we're prepared to pay to see whatever whatever creative people bring to life, I think they'll carry on doing it, Simon. Well, I, I think the, what they did on, say, for instance, the first Captain America, where they made um, oh, yeah, you look tell. really thin. Oh. Really, yeah. but it was really good. I mean, it, it, it did, did look like. He he was really thin and small and tiny, so I mean, just mm -hmm. that was like ten years ago, wasn't it? I, I think it was over yeah. ten years ago now. Imagine what they can do today, you know. I just thought, I just thought when I saw that, I did cringe a little bit, thinking, right, who's wearing the green sleeve, you know, swoop <laughs> or rump and merge, and I just thought, oh please. But it was, but it was really well, it was really well done in my opinion, really really well done. I thought I was convinced. I still, I still think it's the wrong body for the face. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Anyway. We've got another question here, which I think some of you may have answers to. Uh, from Disaster Area, what was your favourite Wilderness Years spin-off video? Oh, my JT. God. Oh, my JT, God. did you buy those? Did you support those? And is there a favourite? Uh, <laughs> did I support them? Uh, I supported a couple of them. I would usually let other people buy them and we'd all go around and watch them at theirs on video because I wasn't ever convinced. I think, I think they all had major faults, personally. Um, the one I, oh God, I don't have a favorite. I'll be very honest. I don't have a favorite. I think they're all quite, yeah. Of a, of a similar quality. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I would say, 
um, I liked the cast of uh, Downtime, uh, which was written by Mark Platt. That's what it was called, wasn't it? Downtime right, with the yeah, with yeah. the, the Yeti. It didn't quite hit the production standards I was asking for. But if I, if I'm if I'm said which one would you watch again, it would have to be that purely because we have got Liz in there, we have got Debs in there, we've got the Brig, the with Nick is in there, and we've got some very thin Yetis. Uh, that's the only reason I would watch it again. <laughs> Ian, one of your mm. friends was actually in one of these Wilderness Years spin-off videos, wasn't he? The late Julian Booth? Oh, yes, Julian was in a lot of them, actually. And he used to help behind the scenes as well. So when he wasn't in it, he was, like, helping, making props and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, he, he had a whale of a time, he said, when he was doing it. Mm, I'm sure they did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did, you get, did you get to see any of them? And if so, did you have a I saw one, and that was enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, I can't be watching this stuff. But I remember because they used to sell them in Forbidden Planet. They used to have yeah. them on, you know, remember those spinny shelves? Yeah. Where they right. used to the yeah. comic, they used to have yeah. them on there with the, the, the VHSs on there. That's right. I remember yeah. going in there and thinking to myself, this isn't Doctor Who. Because they, they try to make it look like Doctor Who, don't they? The covers they and everything. They did for a while, yeah. The like, oh, when they released yeah. The Stranger into Woolworths. Yeah. Do you remember that when they put yes. them out on the Pickwick label for ten ninety nine each? And they gave it, they even gave The Stranger a diamond logo. And, yes. And they were painted covers, like uh, just like the BBC yeah, video yeah, yeah. range at the time. Yeah. Very, very cheeky. And it kind mm. of worked. You know, I remember people pointing at them and asking what it was. A lot of people uh, brought them. <laughs> I bought them. I supported them from the get-go. Everything that BBV did and everything that real-time you know drama-wise. You it reminds wise. me of, guys? It reminds me of, I'm sure JT will remember this, is the Top of the Pops albums. Remember them? Ah. They yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> which wouldn't be allowed now. They yeah, would not be allowed now. Can't, they can't tell. Yeah. Can't yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what they were for people watching, the, these Top of the Pops albums were covers of hit records that were out yeah. at the time because they couldn't afford person. to pay the actual other yeah. and they would always have a gorgeous woman on yes. the front yeah. um almost which was naked. the selling point uh, yeah. almost naked yeah. yeah it wouldn't be allowed now wouldn't be allowed no. and you've got now and everything bloody do goodness J jt <laughs> jt was sung by one person one well, they all sung by the same song. person. One person, yeah. Oh. And he, he also did the, the, the female voices as well, the female oh, tracks of one guy. Yeah, crazy. And, and then when, when Now started, of course, they all disappeared. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Bang, you're gone. Yeah. History. Bye, well, ladies. There was, a range, there was a range just before Now called Chart Hits, which sort of script, they, sort of joined, yeah. they joined the gap, didn't they, between those two ranges? But yeah. I think I'd if I was to pick one of these videos, I'd go with Downtime too. I think it's um, very, very watchable. And although it's still got lots of faults, I feel I, I feel there's a lot of sort of action in there. Mm. I say kind of yeah, yeah, action. But yeah. the characters that we recognize and love are consistently well written in line with their previous personas and they're developed a lot too. Simon, did you see many of these? And, and uh, yeah, so I saw maybe. some of them. I remember watching the first Stranger video and it was literally the most joyless half an hour of my life. <laughs> uh, so I gave up at that point. I recently saw the Air Zone solution and I'm still in oh, therapy for seeing Colin Baker and Nicola oh. Bryant in bed together. I'm still going through <laughs> yeah, I, lo that. I love the so, air zone solution. I would, you know, they're really not my cup of tea. But but I would like to just say, while we're on the subject of spin-off videos, um, I want to show you this, because this week, oh. I yesterday, I received this through the post, and somebody very, very kindly has sent me this through the post. And, and, and if they're out there watching, they know exactly who they are. So I'm not going to name them because um, they know who they are. Thank you very much for this. This was a present from somebody this week um, because so I did a favour. 
and they've sent me this as a, as a present. So thank you. And I'm made up with this because what this is, mm. this is from real time. And this is Panopticon 7, which I was at. And this is the famous one um, from 1986 when uh, Trial of a Time Lord, episode yeah. one, was screened on the big screen in front of a thousand people. And I was there and I've never seen the video. Uh, and it's great because it's obviously on here when they do the big countdown and everybody let the party poppers off um, to, um, a minute early because they let them off <laughs> thinking the doctor was about to start. And it wasn't. It was a trailer for Noel's house party or something. <laughs> but it's all on here. And I watched it last night and it was brilliant. It was a great walk down memory lane. So these are my kind of spin-off videos. I don't. I really don't get excited by, by seeing Nicola Bryant and Colin Baker in bed together trying to make out. It's a Doctor Who video. Give me some proper stars from Doctor Who talking about Doctor Who at a convention. That's my idea of fun. And thank Amazing. you to the person that sent me that this week. Thank you. <laughs> We've got another question here for you, JT. Yep. It is uh, from Mega the Extremist. Question for JT. What's your favourite Doctor Who item in your whole collection? That's a bit oh, of a God. Have you got an hour? <laughs> <laughs> I, hi, Mega the Extremist. You know what? I had a feeling that somebody might at some point during these shows asked me that so i've been thinking about this for ages and i've got it i've actually got it here um because it's this hey. and the reason it's that is because that was the first piece of merchandise i was ever given and it was given to me by my mum when i was ill off school oh. and if it hadn't been for the target range and and this particular book and my mum buying me this i would never have understood that there was Doctor Who merchandise around and it this this room would never have existed but it smells beautiful it's really yeah. old that's the first copy the is first that your original copy. copy as well that's that yeah can you copy. see the side can you can A you see first that edition <laughs> copy of the web of fear and who wrote that one that's Terence the great Terence and what's the price on the back what what would that have been 35p I'm guessing 45p 45 <laughs> yeah yeah we got we got we got JT's mum to blame for JT. Now. <laughs> yeah, but that's it. But, but there you go, Mega. That, that's that's my and that's a lot of thought I've heard. But that's my um, that's my favourite. <laughs> very very good. Yes, a nice comment here from mm, in your direction. The more I hear from Mega Geek, the more I respect his views. There you go. Hey, at least somebody always, does. <laughs> always. You'll have to listen to him on a Saturday afternoon on the Facebook uh, talking about all the other stuff, honestly, and then come back to us and tell us what you think about yeah, it. Exactly. <laughs> uh, somebody here, up. it's Digby Strawbridge is picking up your idea, JT, about the Daleks, an animated yeah. version of the Dalek comic strips. It would be yeah. great because, you know, it was, it was they just it. tried that, though. They just tried that with CGI animation. Yeah, but oh, no, yeah. no, no, no. If, you, if you've got... Make it. If you've got... <laughs> If you've got the live action series Terry always wanted, Terry Nation always wanted. I mean, who was talking? Who was talking? Um, who was talking about the Dalek color schemes earlier? That was Alex Storm. Alex. Alex. Well, listen. Can you imagine that? I mean, you could have yeah. fleets of these things. You could have ranks of these things. I just want to. I think the kids would love that as well. And, and imagine the, the toys. What, what was the What was the the Dalek task force? The, the anti Dalek task force led by Joel in the in the uh, in, in, in the annuals. I, I want to yeah. see that show definitely. 
there's a lot of scope, isn't there? And especially if you're going to put it on at Saturday team time at six o'clock or something, and it's just all about the Daleks with the resistant fighters and stuff. I'd want to see that. Yes, that please. You know what, right, definitely caught people's imaginations. Yeah, here. do you know what, JT? You're, you're absolutely right. It just goes to show that the BBC do not want to give us what we want as fans. I mean, that's such a great idea, yeah. isn't it? To have a Daleks, you know, TV show, especially on Saturday, you know, but, but evening. Right? I'd go back to Terry Nation's original that? idea. I yeah. would get that script from the Destroyers out with, with yeah. Sarah Kingdom in it or somebody like that. And I would yeah. make that. I would re I'd maybe retool it a little, but I would, yeah. I would make that. I yeah. think there's plenty. If they can yeah. go back, because we're going back to Star Trek again, but they're about to launch a Star Trek show called Strange New Worlds, uh, a new Star Trek franchise show, which is at its core, Why? the act the original. <laughs> well, that, well, they they're doing it. Believe it or not, they're doing that due to popular demand because people did ask for it. But more importantly, oh. all it really is it's Captain Pike number one and a young oh. Mister Spock, exactly the same as the setup for the original Star Trek pilot script, The Cage. But this is Gene Roddenberry's original pitch for Star Trek, basically, just like that Daleks, the Destroyer show was Terry Nation's pitch for that show. So yeah. in, a, in a sense, even the version of Star Trek that we got eventually was, was certainly very, very similar, but it was different. And if you watch The Cage compared to where No Man Has Gone Before, you can see the differences. Mm. But yeah, that's, that's finally getting made 50, nearly 60 years later. So could Terry Nation's Daleks just get picked up and... Well, to be honest, I wouldn't want it on the BBC now, yeah, now. Uh, for yeah, the same no. reason I wouldn't want no, I, Terry I, Blake I, 7 I, coming back to the BBC. <laughs> yeah. It would have to be an independent one. It would have to be some of the, the, the proper... On Netflix or Amazon Prime, yeah. they'd really run with it, wouldn't they? If, it, if, yeah. it's, if it's done by the proper production company yeah. that understands the menace and the fact that these things should be terrifying, and, you, and of course you'd have to get the BBC sign-off, you'd have Netflix to get the Nation of State sign-off. But... been infected though, haven't they? Netflix yeah, has now been infected well, some of the shows moment. have. Yeah, some of the yeah. shows. You have I to pick think choose, we'll, we have to say yeah. th th this is one of those disclaimers, a Type Forty disclaimer, just like the one about the current logo. No, we don't like it either. We're, <laughs> you know, it's the same with this. You know, maybe if the current climate was different, yes. it has to be the proviso yeah. on all this speculation because yeah. most of these ideas would never get out of the trap, would they? Yeah. Talking about an yeah. idea that never got out of the trap, Derek Brady's got another suggestion yep. here. How about a Young Doctor spin-off show? Now, if you well, remember, oh, they did. Yeah. Russell T. Davis was approached by CBBC originally to do this in 2005, that, turn, turn well, them down flat for very good reason, didn't he, Simon? Well, let, yeah, but let's not forget, I'm going to go right back to 1965 now, because yeah. that was That's when I was Arnold's born. idea. We're back to the son of Doctor Who, which we talked about briefly yeah. on the show a while ago. William Hartnell wanted a spin-off show called The Son of Doctor Who, and The Son of Doctor Who would have been an evil son um and so doc the, the doctor would have fought his own son in 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 a in a i mean let's be honest bless him we love william hartnell um but I, was it ever going to work no of course it was which is why it never got off the ground but we've had a young doctor who series kicking around literally since 1965. Mm. who knows I wouldn't work for me, that work for me. no it doesn't interest me at all no, no. But having said that i mean we we're talking in terms, when you think of a spin-off show, you think of an ongoing show. That's what we, particularly us, us older ones, we think of create a TV show, have it run ideally for a few years. But now we are living in an age of something called the event show, aren't we? Where things are conceived and brought to the screen deliberately as one-off runs of anywhere between five and ten episodes. And yeah. as Game Closet here, I would not mind seeing the Doctor and the Master in their early Academy days, <sighs> but, but stipulates that it should be a short one-off series. Now, Big Finish yeah. did this for Davros. Oh, they didn't, did they? Big Finish did this of for Davros. 
No, Big Finish did this. Let me. They love stories. Okay. Big oh, Finish yeah. did this for for Davros. They made they did a limited series called I Davros about Davros oh. as a as a teenager, and that that period, <laughs> the dawn. It's one of the best. It's one of the best. Honestly, this is one of the best pieces of audio drama no. I have ever ever no. heard. We go, we're going what? back, it, JT. We're going back here to. This has been at least 15 years ago when Big Finish was in its infancy. And this is one of the very first new ideas they tried. And I cannot recommend this series enough. It, it is absolutely well. outstanding. No. And no. the fact that they, they've never gone back to it, they told, they told it across four stories, very concise, very clean stories. And it all had this wonderful arc to it. And they've never, ever revisited the characters, the setup or anything. It was absolutely perfect. And if what they were to about? do that on TV... It was about it was about Davros as mm. a student who was sort of picked out of of class and fast tracked by the all the all the uh, if you think back to how Spock was in Star Trek the Science Academy what they did mm. with that character in that it's similar to that I mean this. Like I say, so, these, so did he still audios. have the one eye and stuff? And was he no, still no? This is this is when he was completely humanoid and ah. around. I'd say from the age of say fifteen, it took him up till his early twenties. And it mm. was about how somebody with originally noble intentions could fall prey to uh, megalomania, basically okay. over a short yeah. period of time. Well, I'm sorry, I think that sounds really absolutely was. boring. I mean, the whole totally thing about the, the whole thing about Doctor Who. Well, the, <laughs> this is one thing the BBC doesn't understand right now either. The key. Is in the the title. It's Doctor yeah. Who. Yeah. You know, yeah, never explain the character's yeah, origins. This is what Chibnall has just but done and got it wrong. Yeah, a but a spin-off is a spin-off. But I mean, why bother? If it's yeah, but but still, I mean, if a case of Davros, I think that's just bullshit, man. I mean, the whole thing about Davros is it comes in into Genesis of the Daleks, and he's just there. Why do ha why do people, why do fans especially, have this need to have everything explained? Yeah. Get on with it. In in just my case, we've got on with we've got, it. We've got a few people here saying how great that series was, and in my case, I I, I was buying the main range of Doctor Who releases for a long time, and. I thought that this sounded like the most boring, boring thing in the world, and yeah. I only bought it when it was on special offer on the Big Finish website. <laughs> so I got it at discount, and uh, this was like 10, 12 years later, and I, I, what, what was I thinking? This is fantastic. And I bought the Cybermen series shortly after that as well. That's really good too. So I know that they've gone on now. They've got so many spin-off things. It's ridiculous. But back when I bought it, there was only three or four, and they'd, they'd made some, and then kind of dropped it. They'd made a finite amount and then dropped it, which they don't really do anymore. They they kind of spin spin things like Lady Christina out and and they they'll try anything basically, which I I can't but lose a little respect for them over some of the things that they've tried. But there was integrity in this production, and I can accept that it probably wouldn't be for every any everybody. Sorry, and yeah, I didn't pull the trigger on it for years, but I didn't regret it at mm. all. Uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't even like the little boy Davros turning up in the Peter Capaldi episode. I thought that was no, just, it was that, just that, wrong. That, oh, that, that was awful. That was absolutely terrible. I, I why, and why bother? Why bother trying to do something way, clever? But in the same way, I didn't like seeing the little boy master appear in, was it no. Sound of Drums? I didn't want to see that I either. I didn't mind that. I didn't mind that. Or the little boy doctor in the Peter Capaldi era as well. Yeah, I mean, that, that just wasn't, that, that, that to me, me crossed the line. That was like, hang on a minute. No, we don't see the Doctor as a kid. We don't see his back. Don't explain it because the character is Doctor Who. That pushed me a little. I, I must admit it. it when really you said did. that, 
when you said about the master, I, I thought it was the master looking like the way he does asking a girl out in class going, you will go out with me. <laughs> no, no, but there, there, is, there is a girl in his life then. And, oh, dear. Uh, yeah, it's, and I don't think he meets his family, but there's certainly his peers <laughs> and, and his teachers and things like that. You know, it's, it's very much. Did, did it's the show watch that for dinner? It's pretty much about no, but it's about his academic. It's about his ap academic and scientific growth, and how how a young oh, man right. who who has good intentions ultimately becomes becomes corrupt, and where ultimate power eventually um, take on. It doesn't it doesn't spell out the whole story. It sort of more points in the direction. It doesn't, hang, hang on a minute. It doesn't take oh. you up to Genesis or anything like that. I'm getting flashes of Anakin Skywalker here. It's been done. Done, little, done, 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 done. A little. But obviously this came out, this even came out before Reve Revenge of the Sith. You know, and it, it has that. Did it come out before it, Star Wars? But it has, <laughs> but it has that uh, stage kind of quality. It comes across mm. as serious drama. Obviously it is a sci-fi. But yeah, it's uh, I, I can't I can't recommend it highly enough because obviously seen Mega Mind, uh, man. That time. Have you seen Mega Mind? I have seen Mega Mind. Not for I've a long seen Mega Mind. Like, Mega I do Mind. like that. I do like that. Okay, we're going to take a break. We're going to take a break from the question well, for, for a little while. We've got plenty more coming up because yeah, I was going to get stuck into this earlier on. I mean, first of all, I should I should say that if you're here joining us now here live, and you've been here for however long we've been talking, yeah, please like the video. Take a moment to uh, yeah hit the like button and subscribe to the channel too because we do this all the time. This kind of talk <laughs> and general Doctor Who stuff. Yeah, so this comes <laughs> at you on a regular basis. You don't want to miss the next time, do you? So yeah, please subscribe to the channel. You get a lot of people watching, not subscribing. Let's sort that out and hit the little bell. Hit the close to bell so you get notified when we go live next. This is our last show for a couple of weeks. We're taking our, our mid-season break for a bit of a rest. Questions. Coming back with yep. coming back with more of the good stuff, but uh, yeah, you you're not going to want to miss when we're back and all the other video content that comes off the Facebook channel here on YouTube. So hit the little bell and subscribe, please. We've got a couple of exclusives coming up. I mean, later on in the show, we're going to reveal all about how you can enter a competition to win a copy of this this little beauty. Let's get it up on screen. <laughs> not that so. <laughs> So this what is the is competition. This? this is an exclusive competition, courtesy of Candy Jar Books, uh, to win a copy of Clack. This is the incredible art book that they put out a few months ago. The Doctor Who art of Chris Akaleos, an essential Doctor Who item for everybody's library out there. We've got our video. We've got our review up on the channel, haven't we, Simon? That was episode 80 of the podcast, Stroke Vodcast. You can watch that. That's just been put back up on the Type 40 Facebook page, too, for you to watch all over again. And a bit later on in the show, there's details about how you can win a copy of Clack. Woohoo! Keep you. That's amazing. <laughs> the art's amazing. Oh, keep watching. Bizarre. Keep watching for all of that. It really is a seminal book. Something else. We've got another exclusive, everybody. Now, a couple of weeks ago, if you remember, we had something on. We had a little clip, didn't we, from Invasion of the Dinosaurs. Do you remember that, JT? It was in uh, it was uh... a recolored, recolored clip. Yep. We were fortunate fortunate enough to get from Who Color, which is a Twitter account that is sort of colorizing and recolorizing whatever he can get his hands on. <laughs> and yeah, so it, he's, got a, he's got a YouTube. <laughs> He's got a YouTube channel and lots of works in progress. And, yeah, they really appreciated the fact that we had got that up on screen. 
give a bit, of, a bit of a boost to the social media profile and all the rest of it. And sure enough, there's more items that have come out since, more recolored images. But we've been offered this exclusive from WhoColor to premiere now. This is a this is so WhoColor. He he expressly stipulates this is a work in progress. Everybody, it's a work in progress. So this is a, this is a clip from the Ark. And I mean, if this is this is the kind of thing that uh, WhoColor is working on, check this out now. Go on in. I'm going to play it twice because it, obviously it's not very long. When we play it twice, you can have a good look. Here we are. We're landing now, Doctor. Good. That means the gravitational bearing must have rectified itself. Oh. Hey! Oh! We're landing now, Doctor. Good. That means the gravitational bearing must have rectified itself. That's really good. Way. It is, isn't it? I was, I was really, really I impressed by that. that. <laughs> the colours are so vivid, almost as vivid as your shirt, Simon. But, it, but the thing is, though, it's well, so, just... it's so detailed. You can see that it's just like a cardboard cutout of the roundels behind him. Yeah. Do you know yep. what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you can yeah, see it in black yeah. and white, obviously, but it, it makes it even more. You yeah, know, yeah. now it's a, it's a bloody yeah. cutout. But it's still, it's still <laughs> great. Isn't it? That's, that, yeah, I, I just thought that was absolutely knockout, and it was nice to see that they've gone to the trouble of, of coming out with the yellow and the red um, mm, little balls yeah. on the ends of the of the, of the levers. Um, I mean, I've said before now that one of the, the one of the John Pertwee stories that really used to bore me, that bore the life out of me, was the Mind of Evil, and now I see it in colour, and it's actually one of my favourite John Pertwee stories. Somehow the colour just, just so fickle. You're so fickle, you are. It's <laughs> I think give it me in color. Give it me in color. I want to see the world in color. But I think um, the, the, I think the mistake this guy's making is that he should upscale it first before he colors it. Because if you up, there's there's programs out that can upscale it to 4K or to to you know a bigger a bigger format, and then he should color it because it because that clip looked a bit blurred. I don't know. Maybe I know it's a work in progress. But he should upscale it before he does anything to it, really. Well, I, I didn't working. notice that as a layman, and I thought it was gorgeous. No. I, I, I thought it was go. fabulous. There you go. I better shut up then. I? <laughs> yes, shut, shut up, up. you. <laughs> Queen Charlotte here watching in the chat says, I wouldn't know it was originally black and white from that. Yeah. And I, that's I, I must agree, it's getting that way. And bear in mind, again, this is a work in progress. Technology. Who color Amazing. is still working on this? What I mm. noticed was the uh, the green given to the TARDIS console there, Simon. Yeah. Because Which of the color correct. put on there, you could see yeah. all the lumps. You could see what it was made of because it's been, it's kind of like yeah. you were saying, Ian. Yeah. You can see that they, they were, it was made of plywood and various bits of old crap. <laughs> but it doesn't rob it of any of its charm somehow. Yeah. And and the thing is, I mean, we've talked about this before, a couple of years back, actually, about, you know, I remember really pushing this idea of colorizing old episodes. And somebody said to me at one point, yeah, but what color would you do the, the TARDIS console? And yeah. I straight away said, pale green, because yeah, that was the colour it was. That was the colour, yeah. Absolutely. It was that colour. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and so that's the correct colour to do it. Yeah. And, and the, way I, the way I look at this, I've always said with this, is that I can see Alex has said in the chat that the, they were designed to be done in black and white. Yes, I actually don't agree with that. Okay, they were designed because black and white was all they could put out there. But if you mm. look at the, the behind the scenes shots of things like the Aztecs, which is the classic example, no, it was designed in color 
mm. but they could only record in color in black and white. The black fact white. is, had they had color cameras available to them at the time, it would have been done in color. So yeah. to me, it's always valid to colorize these episodes as long as we keep the black and white. I'm not saying replace the black and white with color episodes, but give I have the, to the say the, the opposite. You know, the, the other chance mm. is brilliant to see them in color. I think it's only fair for me to say as well, isn't it, Simon, that I was like Alex, wasn't I, until around a year ago? Yeah. <laughs> I, I I was completely of that mind, and yeah. I've just been completely turned around on it. So I, I do see where Alex is coming from. So, and I'm not saying everybody's got to be converted, but I really no, am. Yeah. And, and to clarify, don't get me wrong, I love the black and white episodes. The Web of Fear is one of those episodes that I might pull out and say that would probably never work in colour because it's part of the charm of it being in black yeah, and white yeah. that makes that one episode work. So don't get me wrong, I love the black and white episodes. And, uh, probably An Unearthly Child, the first episode, is another case in point. Would that look right in colour? Part of its charm, again, is that fuzzy black and whiteness of it. But yeah. as I say, to be able to offer an alternative, the same as when you have yeah. the alternative uh, CGI effects on, and you've got the choice to watch them just as a bit of curiosity. You might only watch it once, but as a curiosity to watch it bring a new dimension to the show, you know, I'm, I'm still desperate for these to, to but come But you out. know what, right? If BBC did go this route and they decided to colorize all the first Hartnell episodes and, you know, they did it properly and upscaled them and everything, yeah, they'd make a fortune. I, I mean, I, I, for a start, would buy that whole box set if they did it. Yeah. I would, do you know? And they'd make a fortune. They'd be cleaning up. They really would, but oh, BBC is so stupid. To answer, and to, to answer crimpling doubloon down there, no, yeah. they wouldn't have lit it differently for black and white. Um, they Why would not? have changed certain things, so, as we've already talked about. The TARDIS console is painted pale green so that it comes out as grey on screen, uh, rather than if you painted it grey, it would have come out as white. But no, yeah. lighting-wise, they, they weren't mm. doing... There is... Um, I'm going to get really deep now. That Ian will probably know about this, but in film terms, there's a term called chiaroscuro, which is to do with the with the stark contrast between black and white. Now, in some film noir films, they actually do crank the chiaroscuro they up do, yeah. deliberately because it's an aesthetic decision. In Doctor Who, bless them, no, they were just <laughs> churning it out from Riverside. Yeah. There was no, well, there was well, no change. Also, to add to that, uh, Crimpoline as well, just please be aware that um, actually the BBC was still in its infancy in the 60s. Yes. It was still trying to find out things to do. And a lot of people had come to the BBC through theatre. So a lot of the lighting, what we've now known as the lighting crews or the lighting directors were actually from theatre as well. So there would have been lights everywhere. I, I know from um, reading stuff about it that they had more of an adjustment to colour. Uh, because that was brand new. That was totally different. That showed yeah. every nook and cranny. Similar to what happened many, many years later when we went to HD television, where everybody's going, oh, God, we need new everything. Um, um, you know, because you can see the rip in the in the set. You know, yeah. all this sort of stuff. So I, I would say, um, no, there wouldn't have been many things different, but they certainly would have adjusted and experimented more. And Doctor Who's the place you can see the artists learning their trade because Doctor yeah. Who was the place they experimented for yeah. everything, and that's the beauty. You know, the other the other element of Doctor Who is you can go through from sixty three to eighty nine, and there's the experimentations that would benefit other shows, other productions, other channels. Yeah. It's all there. It's chronicled. Also, it's, a, it's, a, it's a history piece. They have now. They have uh, uh, classic films out on four K, and I was watching Back yes. to the Future a couple of days ago, and you know the very oh, wow. first back. You know the ending <laughs> where the um. Yeah, where the, uh, the the DeLorean appears and uh, Doc Brown comes out and goes, Marty, you got to go back to the future. Remember that bit? Yeah, well, yeah, when yeah. when yeah. the car repairs, it's so clear. You can see the stuntman 
driving. Can you? The in the, 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 yeah, oh, he's just no. wearing Doc, he's, you're wearing Doc Brown's <laughs> wig. Worrying. You can see him clearly. I'm like, oh my lord. So you know, yeah, you get that too. It, it's really weird. Actually, it's really weird because when you said classic film, there, Mega Geeky, I, I automatically I thought the, the Battle of the Britain films know, and everything in black and white. You know. Oh, and also, yeah. just to answer, I can say there's a couple of questions coming through now on the on the chat about Meg, Meg the Extremist is saying, why would you do the console green when it was intended to be white? Um, and if that's the case, would you paint the TARDIS floor blue? Yeah, I would. I would go with the colours that it was yeah, when it was mm -hmm. made in colour. Well, I know that the intention was maybe different, but the TARDIS console was pale green, so I would keep it pale green. It was as it was in real life. Uh, and also, to answer the rabbi's question, who says, uh, when you watch the animations, do you watch them in colour? Yeah, too hard. Right? I watch them in colour. Why would you I watch don't. a black and white I, animation? I'm going back on everything I said before. I insist on watching them in black and white. I've got no interest in watching them in colour. I, I don't know why. Alex, <laughs> help me out. I don't know why, Alex Stora. Why was I doing that with everything that I've just said about colourisation? Mm. For some reason, I want to watch them in black and white. I think I want to convince myself that I'm watching missing episodes that have been returned. I think that's what it is. I'm, I'm now reflecting and analysing myself as I'm talking. Bring you are, aren't you? Can yeah, I just yeah, add about that whole is. TARDIS um, thing as well? I'm with yeah. Simon. I would actually... Because, you know, in this day and age where we know the TARDIS... You yeah. can't really say that that original TARDIS with its pale green and its blue four is incorrect because it might have been the way the Doctor wanted it at the time. I mean, why is the TARDIS now coral or pink or looking like a lobster or an upturned spider well, or anything like that? You know, it, it's just the way the Doctor wants it at the time. Well, and also, there you go. JT, also, JT, <laughs> this is always my um, justification as well. I can see again in the chat, Action by Havoc has said, in Season 7, the TARDIS console is green. And it, it is. is. Because and... So that is a legitimate colour. The, the original TARDIS console is seen in colour in Season 7 as green. It so, still is in Series um, 10 as well, to an extent. I watched the, the new Season 10 box set that was re released yesterday, the Standard Edition, got three Doctors in and Carnival of Monsters in last night. But the three Doctors is there still a... a, a but, you know, let's be... As well, it's green in Season 8. I, I think, think so. But let's be really geeky here and tie this in with the fourth Doctor complaining about the TARDIS not having any lack of colours when he goes back into the in control room one with Leela and he says, oh, it's all bland, blah, blah, blah. Because originally he may have had colours in it. They are. Sorted. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, yeah. well, we've got another question. I'm just wondering, <laughs> Action by Havoc, what's this account on YouTube? Do they make their own content? I'm like, that's a great name. But yeah, that's, we've just had a question for you there, Simon. But I've got another question for you. <laughs> A question, a format question. I'd like to know. Yes, it's that time of the show again, I'm afraid, JT. Get, <laughs> get your headphones. Get your headphones. I've left them in the other room. This is really annoying. <laughs> Jam your no, fingers in your ears, son. Here it comes. Go yes, because I'd like to know, Simon, what is in your 500-year diary for today on this day, the 6th of July in Doctor Who history? Here we go, everybody. Hold tight. <laughs> Okay, here we go. Here we go. Right, we're off and running. 2009, 12 years ago, the whole of this week was taken up by Torchwood Children of Earth. Five episodes of Children of Earth every day 
for the entire week in 2009. have to be honest, I didn't watch it at the time because I hated Torchwood so much. (laughs) It was of no interest to me. I've seen it since because so many people have said, oh, you've got to watch Children of Earth. It's amazing. And I have to say, hand on heart, yeah, it's, it's by far the best Torchwood I've ever seen. And it is actually pretty good television. It yep. has its problems. I personally think it's got, it's got some real holes in the plot, a lot of stuff that just doesn't make sense, and it never quite delivers on its uh, on its setup. Um, but overall, I have to be honest, I I did rate Children of Earth. Yeah. What, what did anybody else think? Absolutely oh, I, brilliant. I, I I disagree with you, Simon, because that week I watched it every night. Okay. And I don't, I don't recall the plot holes, and I think the resolution was terrifying. That show was how Torchwood should have been. Reasonable. It should have been miniseries. It should have been contained. It shouldn't have been Monster of the Week. It should have been scaring the tits off everybody that was watching it. Yeah. Um, and that week as well for Children of Earth was really good because the, the ratings in Britain were great for that show, which had a knock-on effect, obviously, to Doctor Who. Uh, and it was just a, it was a joyous week. But I think that's, that template there was, that for me, was Torchwood, and I am not a Torchwood fan. That, for me, I will watch any time, though. But it's when you watched it day by day, it was completely different to a binge watch. Yeah, I agree. I mean, when I actually got round to watching it a couple of years ago, I did exactly as it was meant to be done. I did it one day at a time, uh, yeah. one, one episode per, per, per evening. It was, it was and, really and, intense. And it was intense. And, and bearing in mind, you know, I, I can't begin to tell you how much I hated that, that first series of Torchwood. <laughs> I don't even know how many series there were of Torchwood because I stopped watching it after after about episode three. Two or, and then oh, two sequels, it, really, yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> it was terrible. But, but mm. Children of Earth, I must be honest, it did turn me around. I thought the alien was brilliant. I thought the way they, they visualised it was brilliant. I thought the Capaldi. language was clever. It was clever, clever. Who Was it Russell T Davies that wrote it? I'm guessing it was. It yes, was. yes, it was. Yeah, he 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 he, he rearranged the team. <laughs> and I, and I, you know, I generally don't rate Russell T Davies very highly, but no, you know, I take my hat off to you on that one. It it it, it worked. And Capaldi uh, was brilliant. Yeah, I've forgotten Capaldi was in it. He was his good second in it. brush with Doctor Who. Yeah, ah, he, he, I... he was he was leading up to the big man. <laughs> <laughs> We've so got, uh, uh, anyway, two dogs so for I... me. Says Vanessa Law. So oh yeah, see Vanessa, with... I think that's why it worked because it's totally JT. different to Doctor that's... Who. That's um, why it works for me. It's the darkness of it. That's why I didn't like Torchwood. It, it was yeah. too airy fairy. But do you remember when they came along with Torchwood? They were, they were playing on this whole thing that it was going to be an adult version of Doctor Who, and it wasn't. I mean, swear words yeah. and sexual connotations is not adult. Get over yourself. Do you know what I mean? No, but but Children of Earth human. was. Children of Earth yeah. went to a place where Doctor Who can never go because it had a child die. It had several child users experiments. Ooh, fabulous. But the other thing that I think is interesting about it, you're right, JT. To me, Torchwood was never an adult version of Doctor Who. You look at things like the Cyberwoman episode, and it was Ugh. just, it was schoolboy humour in effect. Thanks for reminding Whereas, me of that one, Si. <laughs> I'd forgotten yeah, you about would, that. <laughs> <laughs> you, would never, you would never want your child, I don't think, to watch the series of Torchwood. Whereas... Children of Earth, if they were a bit more grown up and they were able to cope with the with the scariness of it, I wouldn't mind a child watching that because Ooh, it wasn't yeah. inane, it wasn't drivel, it wasn't sexual. The first episode of Torchwood, and it was a sex uh, spread 
Yeah, it's a virus. Just, oh, come on, boys, grow up. Grow we don't up. want to make anybody sick before their tea. What else you got in the, in the diary? Okay, right. <laughs> On Thursday, it'll be 15 years since yes. Doomsday in 2006. Okay. Oh, yeah. Doomsday, when we said goodbye to Rose, or at least yes, it was the last time we saw Rose until she turned up a couple of years later with funny teeth and had forgotten how to speak properly. Um, but this was, in effect, <laughs> the last time we saw Rose. Ruthless. Ruthless he is. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, so, 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 yeah, Doomsday. Uh, this was this was a cracking episode. I thought. I yeah, this had the entire nation. Certainly, certainly, all of the UK was talking about this. Uh, people, I, God, blind. I think there was a World Cup that year. Yeah. And I know that people were literally running from their screens, like watching Doctor Who, and then running to the pub to watch the football. And it was one of the very. I think I don't think I've watched the football match since, but I was there with all with all my friends. And yeah, a lot of them were talking about how brilliant that finale was, how affected everybody was by it. Uh, my God, yeah, it was a pivotal day in Doctor Who history for certain. I think, I think the, the the stuff that didn't work for me in in Doomsday. I'm right, aren't I? I I'm not remember, misremembering here. It's the Cybermen against the Daleks, isn't it? That's yes, right, yes. So, yeah. so yeah. Yeah. that's the stuff that doesn't really work. It's a little bit fan fictiony to Absolutely, me. Absolutely, yeah. For want of a, of a less polite was, word. Um, so I don't like that, and I don't like the ending when all of that. There's billions and billions of Daleks <laughs> streaming around, all flying all over London. It's just too fanny for me. But you're right, Dan. The ending is is phenomenal if, if nothing else that the, the the finale uh with rose is is fantastic and well, i liked it i thought it was really good i i really wanted to see the daleks versus the um cybermen but they didn't do yeah. it in a very in, they didn't do it in a very um i would there were so many possibilities the daleks versus the cybermen but they just kind of kind there of still is. Over it a bit you know there and, still uh, is things can be done you know you can yeah. have the big space wars if the show yeah. ever gets its uh gets comes back yeah properly. It was good. I really enjoyed it. Personally, I really enjoyed it. The effects, if you look at it now, the effects are terrible. That's but, what um, I mean. Yeah, That's what yeah, I mean. Yeah. It was seeing those Daleks, little tiny Daleks whizzing everywhere. In, yeah. it just but the end, the ending, the ending was a bit, you know, it was good because you 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 basically um took the journey with with um Tenant's Doctor and um obviously Billy Piper and when that ending happened, you 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 can't you can't not feel affected by it. No, I, I, I can't. I, I knew you people. could. I don't know what other people do, but I can still remember when Billy Piper was, Sorry, when, when Piper was announced as being cast. My first thought was, oh, why did they do yeah, that? Yeah, you've said that before, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but yeah. Billy Piper, all right. she's, she's phenomenal. And yeah, Rose, right. it's yeah, phenomenal. I love that character and I love her performance. Yeah, Not yeah. I just wouldn't have brought her back in the 50th anniversary as... as the moment or whatever she was. I do, just, do, I, do you know what, Simon? I think the, the two, I, I agree with you. The casting was really good because obviously they wanted her to be a working class um, yeah. person in that. And the other casting, which, and they spoiled her completely, was Bill. When I saw the casting for Bill, I thought, yeah, that works. Peter Bacholdi and Bill, they kind of, they kind of work together. Yes. If you look at them physically, they work together. Yeah. And then they spoiled that rotten with all that yeah. stupid feminist yeah. rubbish in there. And yeah. I thought, oh. yeah. Yeah, agreed. Whereas the the difference which, for me with Rose's character is she stays pure. She's just a damned good character that you yeah. want to spend time with, that you're rooting for. And Billy plays it magnificently, every beat of that character. But do you know what, Simon? I thought that she got screwed at the ending because she got the second, <laughs> the second sort of like carbon copy doctor. Do you know what I mean? Remember yeah, that right. I, I, just think, thought, no, I think we'll have to no. pick up this conversation another time and move on. Yeah, but yeah, okay. there's so, so many <laughs> memories with that episode. Yeah. Birthdays. 
Birthdays. Okay, today we have to wish a very, very happy seventy-third birthday to Matt Irvin. Now, ah, he's still a legend. A legend. He's still alive. Absolute legend. Yeah, he's still alive. He's still mm. kicking around. As far as I know, he still owns K9, uh, yep. the original the original prop. And oh. Orac, everybody, all the Blake 7 fans, he's working. He, in yes. fact, I think he's got Orac on his workbench at the moment, bringing him back to life. Wow. I'd love to and interview him. To, to me, he's a legend because because we, 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 we saw the name so many times on end credits. But, of course, we saw the man himself so many times on, on Swap Shop and Saturday Superstore. Yeah. That's he where so I remember him from. Yeah. All those shows, Tomorrow's World, things like that. Mm. Yeah. Man, he must have had one hell of a suitcase to get all these BBC-owned props out of the stores. He <laughs> had he was... a great, great personality. <laughs> was he not responsible oh, for God. the visual effects um, um, on Doctor Who? And Blake Stone, he was part of the team. It wasn't, it yeah. wasn't for there was, small Matt. There was a team was of, of around... Them. Around seven or eight of them, I believe. Yeah. But Matt, Matt was very much he was the one because I think in the seventies when he was when he was a young man he was quite probably seen as quite pretty, quite trendy, he had the right clothes and things like that. And he was good on TV. He had that kind of yeah. Magnus Pike quality about him, a great British eccentric, but one who knew how to speak to kids in particularly well. He had a Johnny Bohr quality, and yes, he did. You're right. We're in the mix. I mean, I, I could listen to this guy talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And, uh, yeah, I couldn't believe when I found out he wasn't a presenter himself. Yeah, he, he was great on TV and he's great with the fans. I think he's still at conventions quite regularly when yeah. he's not working away I, on various I was, I was I was lucky enough to meet him at the 50th anniversary uh, convention in uh, at Excel. And he was there with the original Warriors Gate model and the little privateer model and the TARDIS from Warriors Gate. And I got, you know, I got to meet him and just thank God. him. Because, because, he's, st yeah, he's still dragging the privateer around after 30 yeah, years. I saw him with that in like 1991, something like that. It's good to know that some things never change, Matt. He's a, he's, a, he's a gent and he's a, and he's a lovely, lovely bloke, you know. So, so we salute Matt Irvin. He is an absolute hero. One hero to another, because tomorrow, John Pertwee, bless him. The mighty Pertwee. Was, it was his birth. It would have been his birthday tomorrow. Mm. I think How old would he have been? One or something ridiculous. Uh, oh. Because because it's twenty five years as well since we lost the great man himself. What I mean, you know, hey, come on, JP. I know there's a lot of love out there for for for, for, for John Pertwee, especially from you, Ian. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I love John Pertwee. John Pertwee is my favourite, one of my favourite doctors of all, all time. So, yeah, I, you know, I wish he was still alive today, to tell you the truth. But the, Wouldn't yes. he be fantastic? Can you imagine him on commentaries, on Blu-ray commentaries? I, know, I would amazing. love. I can imagine some of the things he would say about Doctor Who today. So maybe it's good that he's not. <laughs> this yeah. picture that we're looking we would at be now, nothing. <laughs> this picture that we're looking at now was around a year before he before he died in the mid nineties. It's yeah. you know it's nice to see it's nice to see the actors in their later life, the ones who are no longer with us. You know because they I mean look at him there. He just looks really really happy. Of course he was making a few quid. He was signing copies of the seventies there, which is a fantastic book in itself. But yeah, I think it's a really nice picture of his, uh, yeah, white-haired. And I think the thing that is nice with with John Pertwee is that he never ever lets the series go. He never walked. So, for example, Tom Baker. No criticism of Tom Baker at all. But after he left the show, he really distanced himself from it for a yeah, while did, yeah. um, to save his own career. Totally fair enough. Whereas John Pertwee never distanced himself. He fought every time he turns up a convention. He 
always turned up in, in costume. I don't think he ever turned up at a convention not in his not full underdressed, no. Doctor costume. Um, he really loved that show. He embraced the show, and and yeah, it would have been his birthday tomorrow. And yeah, not a day goes by. Don't uh, how would we would have been uh, Simon? Well, I don't know. I, I think he would have been literally about 101 or something ridiculous like that. Yeah, he was um, born in 1919, John Pertwee. So 102. Wow. Okay, so hold on. 2021 minus 1919. You would have been 102. 102 yeah. tomorrow. Bless him. Mm. What a hero. Mm. Um, Still missed. And um, and also today actually marks uh, the, the, the passing of Malcolm Hulk, who died in 1979, just 54, bless him. Um, and he died, as I say, on this day, 1979. Malcolm yeah. Hulk, I, <laughs> I rate this guy so much. He wrote, for those that don't know, he wrote The Faceless Ones, The War Games, The Silurians. He ghost wrote um, Ambassadors of Death. He also wrote Colony in Space, The Sea Devils, yeah. Frontier in Space, Invasion of the Dinosaurs. Um, he also wrote um, the, the, the industry bible called Writing for Television in the 1970s, um, which was used widely throughout the television industry as, as, as a guidebook on how to write for television. So, so this was a really influential yep. guy. Heavyweight, heavyweight. Real heavyweight. He wrote the original um, The Making of Doctor Who book. Um, I think I did, he did that on his own. I don't think that was even with Terence Dix. No, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Terence, Terence um, sort of supervised and added the odd bit, but it was all down to Hulk. And then, of course, right. when the reprint, it was the other way around. That's right. And so, and so, Malcolm Hulk uh, brought an enormous amount of uh, of what is now established law to the show yeah. with that book, with the making of Doctor Who, that we're still, you know, we're still using to this day. Um, he he also wrote extensively for other shows, Pathfinders in Space, um, The Avengers. Danger Man, yeah. even Crossroads he wrote for Crossroads. This was a prolific guy. Absolutely. Um, and, and also, what, what's quite interesting about, about Malcolm Hulk, I think in all his Doctor Who work, you can see his political leanings. He was something of a communist, basically, and, and by his own admission. Um, he, he, this was cool. He was fine with this. And you can see his political tendencies coming through in a lot of his writing, particularly things like Colony in Space. Um, the Silurians, Frontier in Space, Invasion of the Dinosaurs. He, he wore his heart on his sleeve. Real, real. And he wrote lots of Target books. Here's yeah, he my favourites. Oh, this classic! That's one of the. That's one of the oh. great. If you if you're going to start with a target book, you start with the cave monsters because. Isn't it? I mean, brilliant? I mean, this is it is brilliant. This is quite sad actually to realise this because, you know, when people say to you, "Who would you want to meet?" Malcolm Hulk is the one I would have wanted to have met because I have so many questions for him. Um, just through reading his work and watching his television shows and doing, I have so and some politics, but there is a. I've got so many questions I would like to ask him now as an adult. Yeah, and and it, he went. He went too soon for all of us. He, he did go too. <laughs> He's one of. You're right, JT. He's one of those really interesting characters, and because he went so soon in 1979, before the show was beginning to be documented, yep. there's so little interview material out there with him. Exactly. Uh, so little of his I mean, that's the year that the weekly arrived. So we never got him in the Doctor Who magazine properly as a one-to-one -one interview. I mean, oh, we met. Oh, it's heartbreaking in a sense. You know, it was so important to what we know as Doctor Who today, and none of us got to meet right, him. Sure. And, and also, he was so pivotal to. You know, we just talked about John Pertwee. He was so pivotal to those pivotal to those Pertwee years. The Silurians, Ambassadors of Death, Colony in Space, the Sea Devils, Frontier in Space, Invasion of the Dinosaurs. You know, these were heavyweight stories yeah. in the Pertwee canon. And so he really is one of the key players for me 
in the Pertwee years. Yeah, absolute Good legend. Stuff. Good stuff. So, so, so we've you know these have all wow. been legends. This week we we you know these these this is all about legends. Very very finally, a little bit more quirky. On Friday, it'll celebrate 17 years since the radio drama Whatever Happened to Susan Foreman, which came out. Oh, it's not, is it? Oh, Why yeah, do I always feel old in this segment? If, if anybody, if anybody out there has not heard this, it's definitely on one of the on the, one of the DVDs somewhere. It's the yeah. most bizarre yeah. thing you will ever hear, and it's not yes. very good. If I'm brutal, we were Ian, we were starved of Doctor Who in the 90s, and this is how bad it got. I think this is, I'm no disrespect to the people who wrote and produced this, and certainly not to Jane Asher, who starred in it as, as Susan Foreman. It's competent enough, but my God, it's meagre, isn't it? It's, it's like rubbish. Hour, it's so. total rubbish. Oh. I, I remember sitting there listening to it live thinking, I could be doing... The first thing that springs to mind is, why would you cast Jane Asher as Susan Foreman, when you've still got Caroline Ford, that who 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 would have done it? Yeah. So well, I'm assuming. I did. I did know the answer name, to this. Name. I didn't know the answer to this back right. in the back in the nineties because it was produced completely. It was part of a series, which yes. was about was um, and there was about five or six of them, and each yes. of them were about children's fictional characters, but updated. So there was Christopher Robin, for example, from the Winnie the Pooh books and things like that. Mm -hmm. And they were, and so they were all conceived together by a depart by a production team that was sort of completely detached from everything else. It was Radio 4, wasn't it? And they just yep. didn't really do they, their research. I think they may have even assumed that Caroline Ford was no longer with us. Never even thought to ask her. They were thinking more of the fictional character. And, of course, and, and Sir Ian mentioned, I mean, Jane Asher is, she's not what you call A-list, but she's a, she's a well-loved actress, yeah. somebody synonymous with the 60s. Here we are looking, looking at a just beautiful picture from, of her from around the time she was in Alfie in the mid-60s with Michael Caine. Mm. She's a good actress too. And so I think she, I personally think she brought the character to life. She didn't sound like Susan. It was a very different kind of characterization. I'd be surprised if she'd ever seen the ever seen the character on screen but i don't think she did a bad job and she did have that kind of again she's got that quality that caroline ford had got i think in the 60s certainly yeah, yeah maybe i mean maybe you, you you kind of wonder if caroline ford had actually read the script whether she would have turned it down it doesn't do the character any favors it, it's very much um it's tongue is firmly in its cheek i think we can it at is. least say that it's definitely one of the quirkiest things to ever come out of doctor and the fact that it went on <laughs> on, on bbc radio 4 you kind of think you know what yeah but what so did slip back <laughs> <laughs> Richard Brooks asks, asks here in the chat watching on YouTube is it on one of the DVDs it is, oh, on, it yeah. is on one of the DVDs it is on one, yeah. Yeah, it is, I think yeah. it's probably on it's probably on the Dalek Invasion of Earth I'm guessing um, as yeah. a, a rough guess I would imagine I'd say listen to it in the bath maybe but uh, you may no it. no don't you may drown no don't do that don't, don't do that and it's probably going to turn up on one of the box sets as well isn't it seeing as everything on the DVD contents maybe. turns up on the season box sets but listen don't rush out to go and no. it's probably on YouTube as well but don't waste your time <laughs> honestly it's a pile of poo you will be disappointed <laughs> <laughs> say what you think say what you think yes well that's the <laughs> for everyone there next question this time so yeah let's move on let's close the diary and move on please <laughs> give us a <laughs> um, i couldn't have got the trigger finger i got the trigger finger 
Oh, Give us a question. Someone phone in. Well, before we before we get there, before we get there, we don't we don't want to rush to. Yeah, we have got lots more questions coming up. People have sent in questions as well anonymously via our Type Forty suggestion box. So we've Cowards. got those coming up too. I know they. We've got a few names this time in that. So that's quite. Yeah, that's going to be uh, quite interesting. <laughs> that's coming up. But before we get to all that, we're going to go into our Type Forty T or P break. You'll be pleased to learn <laughs> now. Uh, before we get into that, though, and see all of the all of the uh, delights in store, I wanted to just just talk a little bit about this because uh, yeah, BBC Studios has announced that another one oh. of those animated Doctor Who stories is on the way. Evil of the Daleks. It's out on the twenty seventh of September, twenty twenty one. All animated and all, as the rabbi was saying when he popped into the chat, in black and white or colour. You get a choice on this release, and you can either have it on Blu Ray or DVD or in a steelbook, as is traditional. So this is those the seven-part story from uh, 1967. Uh, Victoria's first story, you know the drill. Lots and lots of Daleks. It's a, a big three-disc release, and there's uh, the remastered mm -hmm. surviving single episode. That's on there, too, along with Telesnap uh, Reconstructions and uh, a couple of new features and things. So there really is a nice selection of, of stuff in there, and we'll be reviewing it at a later date, or I certainly will with anybody else who's interested. Now... That accepted. I think it's about the fifth release in that series. So that accepted. That's probably you may have hovered over pre-order on that already. Since as Evil of the Daleks is back in the news, I wanted to ask you, people watching out there. Yes. So Evil of the Daleks is on the way. That was the Daleks back after a year, eighteen months, which in the sixties seemed like an eternity for Dalek fans <laughs> to wait. But another Doctor Who monster reappeared in Evil of the Daleks. Not it didn't just feature a Dalek. What other Doctor Who monster made its reappearance in Evil of the Daleks back in 1967? That's so you have to think about that in the chat. Yeah, no, no answers yet. We well, have a look up, have a look about that in the chat. See, see if you can come up with anything. And we're going to go for the break, and I'll let you know the answer when we return. Sing, pick up the phone and give us a ring. La. Ask permission, Dal carefully. Now watch the show. And now the shipping forecast. At uh, 20 hundred hours, GFT. Off time at Easterly 5 or 6. Increasing locally 7, becoming very. Southeast, veering west, five, occasionally six, slight drift, seven miles. Visibility improved. Give a little more with the Phillips gift. Huge obstruction on the bridge, boss. Could be here for hours. What do you mean there's a... Ah, what's up, Doc? Good morning. I see you've got a new mobile telephone. It's Telecom. Well, that's good. Do you mind? My telephone box is out of order. Hello, Telecom. Vandals, I suppose. This is the Doctor. Hello? Yes, we've got a bit of a problem. Yeah, call me when you're on your way, will you? Doctor? That's right. Maybe it's off the hook. No, I've got it! <laughs> thank you, sir. Oh, thank you very much. Please enjoy it. That's no problem at all, but... Um... 
Morning fresh. That'll do nicely. The super concentrated formula of morning fresh simply cuts through grease. It freshens your kitchen and lasts a long, long time. What's all this? Service charge. Super concentrated morning fresh. Don't wash up without it. Morning Hello. fresh. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Type 40 Live on the Spacebook with this bunch of reprobates here, Hilarious. my friends and companions talking Doctor Who. And just before we went into the break, we were talking, weren't we, about Evil of the Daleks there and this new animated one that's coming and the fact that, yes, in Evil of the Daleks, we've got obviously lots and lots of Daleks, as is their want. But I wondered if you can tell me anybody which other Doctor Who creature reappeared in Evil of the Daleks? Have we got an answer? Anybody? We have got plenty of... We have got some answers here, and somebody's got it too. Dear, oh dear, oh dear. That's okay, what I would have been Slither. <laughs> the Slither. No, but uh, we do have we do have a winner here, because yes, as uh, as Action by Havoc had guessed, we do get a Chumbly reappear in this <laughs> story. So yes, this is... Yeah, so I finally found out this a couple of weeks ago. This is a picture of the top of the Emperor Dalek there. As no, yeah. way. So after all these years, it's been revealed recently that uh, a Chumbly formed part of the top of the Emperor himself there. <laughs> I never so, knew that. That's brilliant. Technically, technically, you could say a Chumbly did appear in Evil of the Dark. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, after all these years, you kind of think you know everything there is to know about Doctor Who, and then a little fact like that comes along and knocks you off your feet. Incredible. It is so. It's, gras it's grasping at straws, though, isn't it? That one? <laughs> but that's great. I never knew that either. That's really that's interesting. Brilliant. Where's that? Yeah. Oh, Lit Rondles. Oh, okay. That's yes, this is from Knockouts. This is from Lit, Lit Rondles. Yes, on uh, over on uh, Twitter. And Do you know? It, 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 go on, sorry, sorry. gone. Well, obviously, this is quite a this is quite a revelation to me. I've yeah. I haven't got the encyclopedic knowledge that uh, that some have, but yeah, when obviously when it is when you see it from that angle, and that, that's I mean we we're used to seeing the Dalek Emperor from yeah, sixty seven like that, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely, yeah, and, and it's amazing really because considering that none of us have seen. I've <laughs> seen the actual episodes um, for this long, um, and most of us will know everything from the book yeah. or from the soundtracks. Yeah. Um, you know, actually, I've got that, like that one. Ta da! Oh, um, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, to come up with some piece of information like that is it's it's a bit novel, I, isn't it? Really, because none of us know. Absolutely. And I want to know where they've got that photo from. Why have we never ever seen a photo <laughs> of but looking down on the Emperor Dalek before? That's it recycling was... at its best. That's the reason why you never saw looking down at a dollar. You would have guessed that, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Yeah. It was a recently unearthed picture, I believe, of the entire studio layout. Wow. Uh, so it's the entire studio oh, wow. floor, as was put together, the entire set, uh, but it's very, very high resolution, and they were able to go right in, Ian. Wow. And with pinpoint accuracy, and yeah, and clock that, identify the reuse of the Chumbly prop there as guessed by yes actually wow. i have a guess this Woo! in the chat very clever so fair play yeah they, they're all over that uh how cool says richard brooks i, I think it's pretty cool i i i mean obviously galaxy 4 we can't actually see galaxy 4 we can't uh, experience the wonder of the chumblies doing their thing as was intended but we do at least get to enjoy pictures of them one of the yeah. one of the cutest doctor who 
robots, I think, over the years, but one of many. Well, the, yeah, animation really of, the, the animation will be out shortly, so we'll get to see it's, it then. Uh, I believe that the animation of Galaxy 4 is due next year. That's the that's the word we get. We're going to get the first full Hartnell animation, but we'll we'll see. Richard Brooks says he's reading Galaxy 4 right now. Oh, and, uh, right, okay. Yeah, then, is the yellow cannon? I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't What's that know. mean? I have no. I think he talks about. What's that mean? Action by Havoc. <laughs> I think. I think he's talking about the color of the Chumbly because uh, Action by Havoc is actually who color. It's the same person as they just left. They just revealed that in the chat earlier on. And ah, your hello. most recent work has been of a Chumbly, hasn't it? Which I think he has done in in yellow. But yeah, you can you can always sort of. Don't go know. I don't know. What I don't know. The Chumblies are. Are there photos of the Chumblies? I'm not certain. It's in the book. Um, who was who was reading the Galaxy Four book? William M's. That's Richard Brooks. Richard, oh, Richard, Brooks Richard when, you, when you get to that bit of the description, let us know, because I'm sure they're described, and I'm sure the colours mentioned, but it's a long time since I've read the Galaxy 4 book, uh, a long, long time ago, so I might be wrong. I'm sure it's in there. But yeah, but is that going to be an accurate? I mean, it was William Ems wrote the book, but did he, is he definitely describing the prop as it was? What colour were the props? I don't know. Well, I've if if he's described it, it's law. <laughs> exactly. If it's from his head. Uh, okay. We have uh, yep. we have some more questions here coming. Dan, before we go for a question, before we go yes. for a question, can I just yes. say at five at twelve minutes past five, Cam Cam, hello Cam Cam, Cam Cam, taking a break and watching the space book, one of the best streams. Great bunch of guys. Yay! <laughs> we like you, Cam Cam. Thank you. You can for come that. back. Right to the top of the Christmas card list there. Cheers. He Cheers is on the one. Christmas card list. Bless him. Strawbridge says, got to love Doctor Who fans. Give us any weird bit of knowledge and it will be identified and processed. processed it yes. will indeed. Yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. Chumblies. Chumblies are yellow. Do you know, Chumbly was one, of the, um, was one of the words I remember saying when I was a kid because it was in one of the, the, the monster books or something like that when I was yeah. little. And I used to run around going, Chumbly. Chumbly. <laughs> and point at Chutney. Yeah. Let's get stuck into some more questions, everybody, because <laughs> people have been good enough to send Question. these in. Let's have a look and see what we've got first. We have, yes, in uh, this one comes from Randall Miles Smith. Hi, Randall. It relates to a story Hello, I think that we're all very fond of to some yes. degree or another. Yes. So this is this is Randall's question in Pyramids of Mars, part one, specifically part mm -hmm. one of that classic story. They ask. Uh, the servant of Sutek comes down and says, bring Sutek's gift of death. But who, what do you reckon he is? He changes form in part two to a possessed form of Marcus Skarman. Mm -hmm. So they're asking, who do we think the, I've uh, always, that character I mean, is? I, I never even thought about this question before, but my take on it is immediately, surely it is Marcus Skarman in... Uh, a natty little um, travelling outfit that uh, that he puts on whenever he's going whipping along down a time tunnel um, that then that then disappears. So I've always seen that particular oh. character as Marcus Scum. Isn't that brilliant? That's one of my yeah. favourite pictures of Doctor Who ever. I mean, yeah. wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree, Simon. Same so yeah, I would say Marcus Scarman would be my answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jade, uh, Ian, JT. Yeah, I, I totally agree. That's totally what I agree. Thought. 
Um, yeah, yeah I, I, I always thought it was along those same lines. I just thought it was um, the, the essence in Marcus's body. But now, actually, I haven't had that question answered. You could actually say that's, you know, yeah, it's an interesting question, though. It you could just say that's, that's the agent or the form that's sent through and it transmorphs into the image of uh, Scarman later on. But, yeah, good question. Because it's not like it's a difficult one because because the, 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 the mask doesn't come off and it's Marcus Scarman underneath. The, the, it just it just he turns into Marcus Scarman. So it's a, it's a tricky it could be one. A, it could be a projection from Sutek, the all-powerful. But um, that wow. picture's a bit rude, I'm, isn't I'm it? Definitely going to be Marcus Scarman. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it not. would be for you, you dirty-minded boy. <laughs> <laughs> Disclaimer: a bit rude. A bit rude. <laughs> Leave it out. Kick him out. Very bad. <laughs> I remember the term chum, "chumbly wumbly." Says Cam Cam, but not ah, from it's a where song. or when. Yeah. It's a song, "chumbly wumbly." It's, it's, it's in yeah. a song. Not what the dinosaur. You've got me off I get guard here. Are we talking about the nineties? Well, yes, Chumba Wumba from the nineties. That's why oh. I don't remember it. Chumba, yeah, I get. It. I, I get, get knocked down, but I get up again. Woo. There we go. That's the Not one. JT That's going. the one. I'm off. <laughs> okay. Next. <laughs> <laughs> he's back. He's back on the circuit. Uh, Crimpling Dubloon. This is another one from Crimpling Dubloon. Says, if Doctor Who is cancelled, and then some years later is once again revived, everybody. Uh -huh. What do we call its initial run since Good. season one and sit <laughs> and series one have already been taken? So let's just clarify oh, what Crimpling is asking is if Doctor Who goes away again, we get some more wilderness oh, years, then it comes back again. What on earth do we call it? Because seasons and series are all taken. What would you go with? <laughs> uh, I'll just call it, I'll just call it the non Jody years. That's what I call it. Just, <laughs> as I call it, you know. <laughs> Well, I describe I describe the three phases of Doctor Who. We've got classic Who, which is yep. 1963 to, yep. to 1996. I include Paul's. So, uh, yeah. 63 to 96, classic Who. We've got new Who, which is 2005 to, 20, uh, to uh, 2017. And we've got not Who, which is 2018 <laughs> to, to present day. So we could extrapolate something from that. I believe, Corrected but, Who. That's what you should call it. Corrected Who. This is this is a difficult one because season, uh, season, season and series are it's both taken. Do we go with run? Run number one? No. Or yeah, drop? I mean, be, Maybe. Hey, because when it comes back again, but when it comes it back would, again, it will almost certainly drop all in one, Netflix style. So maybe it will drop, <laughs> drop one. Well, hey, <laughs> drop one, one before I came on stream. Well, it would be even worse if it was drop four. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I think, uh, to be honest, I suspect that what they would do is they would just pick yeah. up where they left off. So what are we on at the moment? Okay. Series 13? So I, I guess it would be Series 14. I suppose it would be Series 14, okay. I would imagine. But I it's would, a very good, it's a good question. I, 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 this, whole, this, this whole thing comes down to the branding. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm Russell made this very aware of that they, they were actually going to call, should we call it Series 26? Should we call it Season 26? Should we call it Series 1? Should we call it Series... It's just down to branding. Uh, and, uh, and it is a bit nonsense, really, because who cares? Uh, I, I don't is, like... What, I don't like it what, what, could you, what you just brand it as is Doctor Who Season 1. That's what I would do. And just because especially if you're going to come in and we don't know what might happen, you might retcron this entire era because i would we all know that i would wreck on the entire chibnall era yeah. but, they won't um, do that. but they might just forget it you just don't know we don't know they might because it's I been have, so unprofitable a question might. coming up which is sort of extension i, of I would that. have said it, it, it'd probably depend on how long the show's away for if it takes a, a break of like five or more years you can't call it series 14 
Because no, well, you wouldn't. Mean and why would you want to? If you're a new producer coming in, why would you want to continue? Going to double down. Down. Before yeah, we double before down. we move on, I think that I should remind everybody that back in 2010, for about six months, yes, during pre-publicity for Steve for Stephen Moffat's. Uh, stint a showrunner he was insisting Stephen Moffat and who was it that was um Piers, was Piers Morgan and and another producer. Piers were, the three of them the they, were insist, they were insisting that with the dawn of the Matt Smith era that it was going to be series one again yeah so that so it was going to technically be a, another fresh start. start and and obviously that didn't go down well with the fan base or with merchandise promoters but Moffat's reasoning right. behind that was that it was starting to sound like an old show because it was uh, it, series five makes it sound like an aging brand, which yeah. I, I always thought that was largely, I think that's woolly thinking really, but yeah, you know, he didn't, it's he didn't stick with it. But I think that that probably would be what would happen again. I think season is a very expressly American term. I can't see that yeah. ever being being used no. in regard to to Doctor Who again. Well, it is, isn't it? On the Blu-rays, it is. It says season ten. I mean, I used to know no, it as season. Are, but but seasons were the classic. They were called seasons. Yeah, But I I think it would I think it would just be number one again. I think it would yeah, start yeah, again. almost almost certainly. Let's go for another question. Yeah. Hi everyone. I would love to hear the best. And the worst of your collective oh, encounters no. with any of the doctors. JT's going to plead the fifth, but he says, <laughs> Java B says, love the show. Kind regards. So, yes, that's just to clarify, that's your best and worst collective encounters with any doctors. Ian, you've got a belt, haven't you, that took place in the Yeah, I, I, I met Peter Davison a long time ago when I was working in post production. I was working on, uh, I can't remember what show I was, and he was waiting for Sean. Can't remember the guy at the coaster. He was doing it. Was it the detective show on ITV? Yeah, What's that show called? The last Champion. The last no. detective. Oh, the last, the last detective. He's doing the last detective, and he's waiting for Sean Hughes in the pub. And I, I um, he was in post production with something I can't remember. And I went across the road for a beer, and he was just on, sitting on his own. And um, I asked him if he wanted a beer, and he said yes. And then I sat down and I started talking to him for. I guess it was an hour and so or so. Wow. Really nice guy, terrific guy. You know, he didn't. You know, when I mentioned Doctor Who, he didn't roll his eyes and go, oh, "Not that again." He didn't do any of that stuff. <laughs> he was, he was, he was so grateful that he was in Doctor Who. He was a very nice guy. He even brought me a beer. You know, and we took we talked yeah. about you know how it was in Doctor Who, how it, at the time and stuff like that, and how sad he was that um he wasn't doing it anymore. Blah 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 blah. Fantastic. I, I have nothing bad to say about that man. You might Absolutely. not remember Ian, but for years mm. after Peter Davison, I mean, after after yep. a gap anyway, I should say, mm. after a gap, he used to tell a lot of people in interviews that he always felt that he should play the part sort of now in contemporary times mm. and that he would, he would in his later, when as he got into middle age, he felt that he had a better idea about what he would do with the part then. Yes. And so I can, he, I can actually imagine him saying that to I remember he, I remember him saying that he left too soon. He said that he, who somebody convinced him to leave or something Patrick like that. Patrick oh, was it? All oh, right. Yeah, yeah. He was convinced to leave, and he and he decided to leave because obviously he wanted a career on. He didn't want to be typecast, uh, but he said that he was just getting the hang of being the doctor when he was leaving, and he thought he shouldn't have. But then again, that's life, isn't it? So you know, it, it was. A, it, I tell you one thing, man. The guy's a nice guy, as far as I'm concerned, and I would have nothing bad said about him at all. That's why I was annoyed when they tried to cancel him on 
Twitter because he, he spoke his mind. Do you know what I mean? So but anyway, yeah, so, I about three or four years after uh, ago, yeah. they came after him in a pretty unforgivable way. Yeah, didn't they? It but, is yeah. un unforgivable. It is. How about you, Simon? You must have met plenty of doctors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, met quite a few of them. Uh, pa Patrick Troughton, John Pertwee, uh, Tom Baker, Peter Davison. Wow. Um, you know, I, we, yeah, yeah, I met Peter Davison. We've talked about this in the past. I won't go into it a oh, great yeah. deal. But I met him before he'd even been cast as the Doctor um, when I was about this big. Um, and he laughed that, at me. Uh, and he still laughed. In fact, that story is in full on the next episode of Type 40, a Doctor Who podcast. Which oh, is there you go. All your podcasters uh, in a couple of days. So don't miss oh, that. My, my yeah, worst encounter. Yeah, they my did, worst see what encounter. they did there? See what they did? What, what did <laughs> my worst go. encounter with the Doctor was Colin Baker. Um, uh oh lovely chap don't get me wrong nothing wrong with colin baker um it was back in the days of the hunatics in the late 80s when we had the local group and we all went off to the birmingham alex theater um to watch colin baker uh in death trap um oh, as i recall oh, yeah. uh and um so so we'd arranged i'd, I'd, I'd organized with, with the, that we were going to meet him afterwards so so the group was there there's probably about 15 or 20 of us and we all got to meet colin baker in the auditorium afterwards and he came out and he signed autographs and he was lovely he was a really nice chap and i should have just did a very brief sort of chat with him before you know yeah. for the benefit of the whole group we did a sort of quick q a and i made a terrible terrible faux pas because i um i i criticized his american accent in the play um he, uh -oh. he had to do this american accent in the play which he kept dropping occasionally and i happened to notice that i dropped him and noticed him drop his american accent every so often in the play i know and you're like oh, <laughs> just, it's one of those moments when you just wish wish the the earth to open up and just bury just swallow you whole and he wasn't chuffed and that's all i'll say he wasn't chuffed he called me something beginning with b and i'll leave it to your imagination uh, no. what he called me it's just like telling the mother that he's, she's got an ugly child you know what i mean oh, you should God. never do that to an actor ever, ever. i know I get that. It's one of those things. I'll tell you what it is. It's one of those things when you meet somebody who, who you admire a lot and is a hero. And, of yeah, course, yeah. you go into overdrive, don't you? Yeah, you, you, you either clam up and can't say anything or you say far too much. And I, I'm one of those people, if you hadn't worked it out by now, I say far too much. But mind you, though, I mean, it was very rude of him to actually call you that because, you know... You should be grateful that you're. He should have been grateful that you're a fan, and he should have oh, said, well, "Well, you know, you thanks know. for the criticism, but you know, um, I did my best." That's all he should have said, really, instead of calling. Well, yeah, your name, to, yeah. To be fair, to be fair to Colin, yeah. if you're watching this, don't worry. He wasn't being rude when he called me a bee. He wasn't being oh. rude. It was definitely tongue in cheek. It was oh, that's, that's yeah. no bad. That's, that's nice. It that's was nice. fine. It was I've very, seen him. Funny. I've seen him do that in interviews, sort of mock mockingly take yeah, offence. That's what he was yeah. doing. So it was oh, all so. fine. It's but I did good. want the grounds to open up and eat me, and I've never forgotten it. And I've got a I, photo, actually. There's a photo taken of me standing with him just at the moment I'm saying oh, it. And I'm just like, oh, I'd love to meet thinking? Colin. I'd love to meet Colin. He was doing a signing at the Manda Centre in Wolverhampton not that long before the pandemic, and I just missed it. I mean, uh, my friend David Southall, I think he'd seen him or seen a poster, and I couldn't get over there. I'd love to meet Colin. I was, I've been in the same room as uh, Tom Baker and Peter Davison on different occasions. The Tom Baker thing wasn't a Doctor Who related thing. It wasn't a geeky related thing. He was just there. And I was kind of, I was, well, I wasn't in a situation where I could speak to him because I was talking to other people. But the fact that I was in the presence of Tom Baker, that, that wasn't lost on me. Let's put it that way. That, and mm. he's, you guys know he's absolutely magnetic and he's very tall. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. he, he was, you know, back then, I mean, this would have been about, 
it was before the new series. So this would have been the early 2000s. So he's you know, very, very tall man, physically large man. He really stood out. Uh, Peter Davison was at an event, a very large event, and he was sort of sat down. I think he was having a fag. And I think, yeah, because he was there. Bag. He was there on a signing. He was having a cigarette and a, and a cup of coffee. Had one of those plastic things. He was just sat there chatting away. And uh, I thought, shall I go and say? Shall I go and speak to him? And, Did you? Because he wasn't. He wasn't actually signing at the time. But no, I didn't. I, I was with my. I was with my children. I think. Or it's my girlfriend. I was with somebody else. <laughs> and I did think, because he was clearly taking his lunch or something, and I thought, well, you know, because I, I knew that Peter was, was there, and I was tempted to go and get an autograph or whatever, but I didn't in the end. And I haven't. Have I met him? Uh, I don't think I've been around any of the others, no. not. I mean, I've uh, Paul McGann through a, through a Zoom thing, but that's not the same, is it? Doesn't, doesn't no, really, it's not the same. Really count. Go on, JT. We've had a build-up. You can't be the you don't have to answer this, but do you want to give us a doctor a doctor memory? Um <laughs> well okay. Um, <laughs> um, well no, I mean all the actors I've met have have been uh have been great, have been very approachable and very nice. Um everybody has their off days. Layla Ward, yeah. that's all I can And say. um that's that's that. Layla Ward, that's all I can say. Layla Ward. I think that's, that's <laughs> a, that is a healthy way of of looking at the whole thing is that everybody does have their off days and they, they meet they meet a lot of us of we the collective doctor who fan base that somebody is. like somebody like colin baker who's been at the coalface now for decades hasn't really had much time away from from the show or us i am you know i suppose we all and it's all around the world and, you know yeah, and that's one that's yeah, sort of the perks of their job they get flown around the world yeah. to do these things and what have you they but do. yeah i mean you know, it is what it is. Here's yeah. another one, everybody. Uh, can we go back to 1971 when I enjoyed Doctor Who? Says, yes! Says anonymous, <laughs> and that came via the suggestion box. Uh, of course and we this, can. <laughs> of course. How, how can we get there, Ian? Is it, would it involve some... By TARDIS. <laughs> oh, right. You can get there by TARDIS. By Blu-ray. Just get the box set so the DVDs on and relive the the relive nineteen seventy one. It's absolutely fine. And how how much good stuff would you have in front of you from nineteen seventy one onwards? You've got years full of good stuff. Ride the Pertweed wave. That's what I say. The Pertweed wave. Ride that, mate. Tell you seriously, you you won't regret it. They can't take your childhood (laughs) away, can they? They can't do that. Uh, Cam Cam says here, watching on YouTube, the Facebook. Thanks, Dan, Ian, JT, and Simon. Love you all together, telling tales. Telling tales out of school. Be well and take it easy. Listening on earphones while I adventure through time and space. Well, let us know <laughs> where you end up, Cam Cam. We may be able to come and pick you up in this thing, but we can't promise anything. We'll do it. Thank you, Cam Stay safe out there. Wise yeah. words, JT. Thank so you, Richard. Richard Brook there. And yeah. uh, Alex Stora adds, Colin is always such a He's nice man. David He's Southall here rubbing it in with me said, I got a picture of Colin Baker at, at that still. We we did it out. I think he we'll was. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll yeah. dig it out. Yeah, he had a picture oh, taken with Colin that afternoon. Uh, good stuff. All good stuff. And uh, Alex Stora says that I once bumped into Sylvester McCoy in Sheffield City Centre. He was in a play at the Lyceum at the time. It was nice to have a little chat. A little chat with a little bloke about a little doctor. Sounds good. Sounds good. You have his spoons on him. Probably. <laughs> <in his> spoons. <laughs> Probably. Almost certainly. Let's take another question, everybody. Uh, which is each panel Ooh. member's favourite Doctor Who-related book, fact or fiction, and 
Why? Simon, oh, yes. Related book. Mm. Ooh. Gosh, that's really difficult. I haven't isn't got it? many books on Doctor Who, but the, uh, uh, I mean, I used to read um, Looking a lot, and I used to have yeah. Doctor Who in that. Uh, I mean, that's the only thing I can say, really. I've got millions and millions. I've got far, far too many Doctor Who books. I would say, I've got a few very, very quickly. I would say uh, the, the first Dalek, the first Target novelization, uh, Doctor Who and an Exciting Adventure with the Daleks, is just one of the best Doctor Who books you will ever, ever read. And if you haven't read it yet, trust me, go and get that original Dalek book, uh, the, the original Target book called The Daleks by David Whittaker. Um, uh, one of my other favourites is Celebration, the Peter Hayden book from 1983. Very happy memories of that one. Uh, one of my other favourites is this one because it's just <laughs> stunning. Yes. You can relive all your childhoods in this book. It's beautiful. Right, Simon, can I just have a look at some of those pictures in there? Can you, you can watch? You can go and watch what? the video on the Spacebook channel. <laughs> on, you can on, see. On. Every oh, picture. that's beautiful. You can see Look all, at that. All, oh, my Lord. Or <laughs> on camera on look, look, Type look. 40, episode 80 here on the Facebook channel. Wow, that's great. It's beautiful. It's and just to segue in from that, I think my my favourite, so what was the question exactly? Book, my uh, book, Yeah, favourite Doctor yeah. Who related book, fact or fiction and why, leading on from that is a book called Time View, which is a similar kind of book. Yeah. And it, was the, it was the collected illustrations of Frank Bellamy, who I know that, yeah. uh, that Chris looked up to. Those line illustrations taken from the Radio Times from around 71, wasn't it, JT? He, he, that's when he started on the title, through to around 77, something like that, into, slightly into the Tom Baker era. It's a, quite a slim book, but I bought it when I was about 15. I had no idea this book existed. I found it by accident. And sometimes when you find things like that, those little yeah. things, that those little nuggets, yeah. those little treats, that you savour it even more, don't you, JT? Have you got a favourite book? I love this question. I uh, noticed that we didn't have uh, the name of the person that sent it in, but I, I have to say what a refreshing question. Yeah, this is a brilliant question. There are so many, of course. Obviously, I mentioned earlier the, the first one, the, the Web of Thea. Um, yeah. And all the, t I mean, there, there, are, there are books that hold something special too. So the Target books are special to all of us of a certain generation, and they still are today. Um, Simon mentioned a couple there. You mentioned the Frank Bellamy one. Um, I love the David J. Howe books of the 60s, 70s, and then the 80s. They are brilliant. Wonderful. I have to say, though, my favorite book, my favorite nonfiction book, would have to be David's The Target Storybook, The, the Target Book, um, because it just evokes all those memories of the Target years, and, and all the covers are in there from all the, the, the books, except the Blue Spine collection. Um, so, yeah, I, I think David's done a, a great job on that book. Um, so I would, I would go, that's one I still go back to now with a cup of tea and pick that one up. If I'm, if I feel like I want to read something, I'll go and pick yeah. the, you know, the target book up from David and read that and look at the pictures and feel good. So I'm going to wow. say that one. And some hobnobs as well, isn't it? Tea and hobnobs. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. A suggested biscuit, maybe, you know, that's get, be it. Get, that's the, right. get the biscuits in. We've got yeah, people reminiscing here too about books. We've got clack clack is superlative says Richard Brooks and a story from uh, action by havoc says I once gave Colin a book and asked him if he wanted me to sign it to Colin or the doctor. <laughs> His face was a picture. It was hilarious. Mm. That's brilliant. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Oh, God. <laughs> let's, yeah, it's got a few more questions here. Let's pick one out. This one. Yep. Okay. Hello, distinguished panel. Oh, hello. Oh, no. Hang on a minute. Distinct. No, we're getting Radio Free Scarrows messages again. <laughs> this keeps, this keeps Who? happening. But 
seeing as this has come, <laughs> do you think that Doctor Who can be saved? Can the timeless timeless child debacle be retconned? There are promising signs from Star Wars that this can be done. But yes, can basically yes. can Doctor Who be saved? Well, yes. a, we've got we've got several other um, episodes on this <laughs> on this entire discussion. Go and watch the previous series. Yeah, There's we have loads of them. <laughs> but, but I mean, very very quickly, for, for, I would say absolutely one hundred percent can be saved, and I'll guarantee now one hundred percent it will be saved. It might take two years, okay. five years, ten years, but I can might guarantee. Might all be all dead. When it's saved, Doctor Who will be back on top, and all of this timeless child stuff will be completely forgotten. They won't try and retcon it; they will just ignore it, and they'll move on. They'll restart the same as they did with Rose, and it will be on top again. I guarantee. Yeah, there are ways of doing it. There's one hundred billion ways of um, of actually destroying the Jodie era. I mean, you know, there's what these. Well, that's, that's, what, that's, that's what I do. I just <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the, the, the DC, you know, the DC has different universes and stuff that could do it that way. They, they could, you know, they could make out that Jodie was from the different world, you know, when David Tennant went to that world with the flying Fucking blimps, universe, could have made yeah. out that she was that from that world rather than the world that we know of. Doc. They could do thousands There's of so things so little continuity. Yeah. And the, uh, bear in mind that the only character to really turn up from the past has been Captain Jack, and he looks quite yeah. a lot different. Yes, Sorry, John, does. but... <laughs> well, I love you, he John, but you do. <laughs> I think you could retcon this very, very easily. Yeah, I mean, yeah, could. I mean, you know, it's it is a debacle, and it has been it has been disastrous. We have been over it and over it and over it. But with, with what we see now with intellectual properties, is that they are they are uh, strong. Uh, Doctor Who is a particularly robust one at, at its core. And yes, a certain individual is doing everything he can to damage it. Let's not forget. Let's not forget, he's doing his level best to take it right the way down to rock bottom. But mm. well, he's done too, that. Well done, too him. Many, too many people, creatively and and critically, to rock but bottom. But you know what I but think? I too think... many other people. Too many other people love this show. Understand how it works and how to save it, don't they? I think Doctor Who needs an upgrade. That's what I think. That's what the twenty seventeen was. There, that was the whole word. It needs an, an up tick a drastic uptick from this situation and no the recent christmas special doesn't a uh, new year's day special doesn't count it was on new year's day and it was still the lowest rated special ever by the way everybody obviously doctor who will be back on screen sooner rather than later and we shall see where it's where that's all going to go we we have talked about the situation quite a lot obviously as time goes on it doesn't get any less painful to watch and we know there are talented people out there waiting to come up new young people who hate all this woke shit as much as we do and will be ready to uh, to reinvent all our well, popular I, I, culture I'm actually, hoping, I'm actually hoping it may not be a young person because they're all a lot of them are concerning but you know th th we've got to look at that we know in answer to what you're just saying that we know where it's going eastenders is pulling in two million at the moment yeah, yeah. now that used not to get good. 26 to yeah. 30 million viewers um and it's now getting to around about two million the, the, the BBC is not in a healthy state. We all know that. So you can more or less guarantee what's going to happen with the uh, alleged series called Doctor Who. But they did go back on their um, their license because my mum got a letter recently. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. It was saying that because, you know, it, first, the first letter came through, it said that she had to pay the license because yes. they changed the law. They changed yep. all of that. Yep. And now we got recently saying because she's over 85... She gets it free, and she claims oh. uh, now she gets it free. So they're kind of tracking yeah. back a bit. Do you know what I mean? They're kind of tracking back on that. So there you go. Maybe don't trust them. Don't trust Who them. Knows? Oh Who yeah, Margaret Seamus. Thank you. I agree with that. Who knows? 
I can Next see question. Somebody, somebody's asking, who, who was asking a minute ago, uh, uh, Digby Strawbridge, where, is there somewhere we can buy this lovely book? I'm guessing you may be talking about Clack, because that's what I think Richard Brooks was mentioning as well. Yes, you can, on the Candy Jar website, or stay tuned and you might be able to win a copy any minute now. Yes, and we have got, yet again, Type 40, episode 80. Our podcast came out as a video too this time, and there's a whole video where Simon and I talk about it. We review it. We talk about Chris Akaleos and all, all his work, how much we love him again. <laughs> but you can see us go through the book, and if you look in the description of that video, you will find a link to Candy Jar. There's various options there. It takes you right there, and you can go, yeah, and pull the trigger and treat yourself is my advice. Let's take another question. And tell them we sent yep. you. Yes. Oh, yes, definitely do that. Yeah. <laughs> ah, yes. Could the panel, this is another question, <laughs> yes! another anonymous, anonymous question, could the panel give some guidance over the meaning of the phrases, the catharsis of spurious morality and yes! megabyte modem? Simon, you really yes! want to take this one? Take yes! it, Simon, because I have no I idea. I really want to take this one because I can remember this from 1986. I remember the controversy over that one statement, the catharsis of spurious yeah. morality. Nothing so can what, stop. just for and, Ian, and, who's looking a bit bewildered, which I'm story is that from, So basically, Simon? to fill anybody in that doesn't know, it's from the very last episode of The Trial of a Time Lord, and it's the Valiard, I think, oh, that says nothing can stop the catharsis yes, of spurious morality. And yep. it was rolling around fandom for, for, for months. What does it actually mean? And, I've th and I hadn't got a clue what it meant at the time, and I've thought about it a lot. Now, Pip and Jane Baker wrote this, and Pip and Jane Baker are famous for their flowery language and using 27 words when one would have done. And, <laughs> and normally those words are completely you haven't got a clue what they're talking about. They're nonsensical words that are in some arcane dictionary from 300 years ago. So the catharsis of spurious morality, I've thought about this. And actually, when you think about it, it does make sense because catharsis is something clearing out of the system. Spurious morality, what they're talking about <laughs> is the way the Time Lords have fallen into moral decay um, and so we're talking about the uh, – hold on, I'm losing myself in my own argument. Now. I know I have this one. No, carry on. Yeah, carry on. The Valiard is saying you can't – nothing can stop the spurious the, – the, the, the decadent decay that the Time Lords have fallen into yeah. being kicked, <laughs> kicked out and reshaped into uh, – uh, I'm giving up at that point. No, I yeah, I, you're, no, I, I, I mean, have lost it. it no, you're, no, I, I agree, and I remember this coming back through as well. It was basically the value of kicking the ass of the of, over the bureaucracy and the day to day yeah. ritual of the Time Lord and the Gallifrey life, and basically that's that's what it was it was about. But Pip and Jane, as Simon said, they had a beautiful way with proper English language, and they once I'm going to name drop here. But Jane Baker once said to me, the reason that they, f they used all this was to make young people go and pick up a dictionary and learn about words because they were concerned where the English language was going. And I where you look at where it is now, she was absolutely was right. right. She was right. And I did I did go and look up those words. And well, I, I'm glad you said that, JT. I was going to stand up for them too. I think, they're, I think they're delightful writers for the most part. I like that they use that language. For me, a megabyte, a megabyte modem just means a... Bloody, well, I was going to well, swear then. A bloody it, big modem. I don't know what else. Yeah. Are they sorry. Basically, so they're basically just saying that the, the, the Time Lords is never going to change. That's well, no, they, what they're saying. That the Valyard was putting a rocket under their ass. Correct. The, yeah, the, but he, the Valyard, he, the Valyard was, was, was 
fed up that the that the the time lords had fallen into this decaying, yeah, yeah, decadent, yeah, yeah. bureaucratic society. Yeah, the, well, they, because they're in that mode, mode. They were never going to change. They were still going to be. Thank you, problem. No, the, the, the megabyte modem is a different yeah. part of the oh, of, of the speech, and that's that's given by Mel because Mel was a computer programmer, and so she ah. was supposed to be. They wanted to give Mel this intelligence. They wanted her to be an intelligent character. So when she opens up this door in Trial of the Time Lord and she sees this thing, she's supposed to be an intelligent enough person to go. I know what this is a form of because I'm a computer programmer. Which would work if it wasn't for the fact that she opens up the cupboard and there's just this wooden box in there with <laughs> flashing lights and levers on it, and she somehow miraculously knows it's a megabyte modem. I know, but I love the way that Pip and Jane, <laughs> Pip and Jane, tried to look after Mel. You know, because we all know the situation about how Mel was introduced. It was, it was really, it was. Oh, hindsight's a wonderful I, thing. I thought they, they tried to do something really with her. Did, yeah. yeah, they they wanted her to be where we eventually got to with ace you know and and oh bless them it was part it was it was poor it was poor her in my opinion her character was poor and she was acting for the stage rather for tv or film or you know i mean her acting was just over the top i found but anyway she, well yeah she at the time me. at the time i don't think she'd done a great deal of t of dramatic just, just tv William. since just her William. childhood and so yeah. we got this really quite earnest performance well, well, I mean, the, now uh, you know there was there, there was no one to control her was there i mean no. the way they used to shoot in those days was from the gallery and there's like six cameras on the yep. floor and directors up and there dialogue you know, no like exactly, and dialogue so. like that i suppose in situations mm. like that you know bigger than reality they're yeah. hard, hard to sell anyway Ian, i suppose aren't they and, mm. and just remember as well all they had to do was get it in the can yeah exactly. exactly get it in the can five minutes ago hurry up yeah. never mind that get it done you know get it done get it done i mean gary downey was always saying that he used to love going around saying get it in <laughs> you know, he would really push them push them push them you've got five minutes uh, and he would love that because well he was he was one of these people that was quite in control you know and he felt he would lord it over people but you know um that it was the sign of the times there but you know yeah, that's that's what that's about and that answers yeah. that question i think doesn't it you're we've absolutely right, one, JT. We've got one Do we now understand right. what the catharsis of spurious morality means? Yeah, Who cares? I sort of deciphered it as well over the years, but of course, you you tell you sort of coach yourself through it and you put it together, and it, then it stays there. And then when when it gets sort of pulled out the pack like that, you go, Oh, okay, and you have to sort of you do have to well, retrace yeah. your steps with it. It's not what you'd call naturalistic dialogue. That is not a phrase that people are ever gonna really say. But the time even, lord might. And even yeah, and even yeah, well, yeah, exactly. But even even in point. adventure fiction, you know, maybe they were slightly at fault. Maybe it was slightly too much. But I do see why no. they chose and put their dialogue together the way that they did. And I appreciate them for it. I, 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 you said JT. I could tell I was being challenged, and I was never. The entire script wasn't wasn't sort of line after line after line like that. And no. yeah, yeah. So I, I could forgive them. We have got one more question here. I mean, you have to forgive them as well because occasionally, as I say, that a, a time lord, a Gallifreyan, a time lord especially, would say something which is way above where a what a human would do. Their speech was yeah. different. Yeah. You know, their 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 their, their experiences are different. Yep. That's where the new show founded, actually. When the doctor keeps saying what 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 and all this, and he's dumbed yep. down a bit. Oh, go away! You know, you're a time lord. Yep. That's one of the things that I enjoy, JT, JT, so much about the Mark of the Rani when we've got the three of them uh, talking. Like, that's Pip and Jane again. Love Mark of the Rani. Sorry, you wanted another question. Let's let's take the last question. So this is a longer one, and uh, yeah, I didn't quite understand understand this when I first read it. But okay, here we go. Why do you think? big finish what merchandise companies and the national press have become inconsistent 
in comparison to the Chibnall Empire. So I think what they mean is why have merchandisers and the press got different party lines on current Doctor Who? For example, the have Mirror they? recently reported stroke lied they they reported you know they got their sources i would imagine the mirror recently oh, reported <laughs> that ollie alexander would be the first gay actor to play the time lord despite chibnall declaring the doctor never was one so what you're saying is that in media speak when the mirror it was the sun that broke that particular story but when a newspaper breaks a story like this about about an actor playing a time lord but uh, chibnall has now stated that the doctor never was a time lord oh, I mean, no. for me for me, this is really quite simple. This is the fact that tabloid journalists, in fact, journalists generally, are you know are quite a lazy breed, and they don't do their research about the important things. So why would they be up to date on on ephemera, on on trivia from a TV show that used to be really popular? I mean, what do you think about this one, JT? I mean, I know you don't well, watch the show as it is now, but well, the way the media works, it's you can't expect them to be lockstep up to date with every change of every script and every stupid thing that Chris Chibnall says. Well, no, and, and of course they're not, because nobody is. Under 4 million people are watching the Chibnall era. That's about to go down again. Huge prediction here for me right now. It's, it's about to go down again. It's, nobody's watching the show. The Doctor is a Time Lord. It doesn't matter what Chibnall does to it. To the general British public and to the majority of the fans, the Doctor is a Time Lord from the planet Gallifrey. This little bit that Chibnall's trying to bring in will be forgotten, as Simon said earlier. It's going to go because it hasn't been accepted. The media don't give a toss. We were saying last week on last week's show, and do check it out, that this whole thing about Ollie being the Doctor, it's just a tick-boxing exercise. And we spoke about it way back at the beginning of the year because it tied in with a very mischievous Russell T. Davis plugging his new show, It's a Sin, saying, I think Ollie would be a great Doctor Who. Ooh, huge publicity for the show. That's how the media works. They might be late picking it up. And again, I'd like to say to them, if you, because uh, they're probably watching this, hi, hope you're enjoying it. Take as much content as you want, but do send the royalties. You know, so it's a real case there of, of what's what's out there. It's nothing. They don't care about fandom. They don't care about the continuity. They don't give a toss. When it comes to the casting of a new Doctor, there will be 13, possibly 14 other pictures there, and it'll be the ones that are unknown, you know. And that, and that, as fans, fans think about this thing differently, and they worry about little minute things. The, the press don't give a toss about any of that. They're just headline, headline, headline. Well, this is and a, and only, there's only so many words in an average article, particularly in a tabloid newspaper as well, isn't the science? It was so a space to, to pull as well. Things, well to pull well, out things that, that they know people recognise, like Time Lord, Dalek, tar the TARDIS travelling Time Lord, all that kind That's how it works, isn't it, Simon? Absolutely. And the thing is with the, with the press, with the, with, the, with the tabloid papers in particular, they just look, they've got so many inch, 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 column inches to fill that they will just always print stuff about Doctor Who. Doctor Who is always going to be one of those stories that they'll constantly, doesn't matter if they get the slightest whiff of anything to do with Doctor Who, that they can maybe do three inches on, they will do it. And they'll put a photo in and, and they've got, and they've filled a quarter of their page. So they're always going to do that. And JT's right. They don't care about continuity. They don't care about anything at all. But if they can just put a story in, as you say, Dan, about Daleks, TARDIS, just mention a few sound, a few words that people will know. Doctor Who has just for years, for decades, has just been one of those stories that the press love yeah, and they'll absolutely. always print stories. And so it doesn't matter 
how appalling the show is, how terrible it's doing in the ratings, none of that matters. They will still keep on printing those stories because it just, the, the public know Doctor Who. They've got an angle on it, even if they haven't seen it for decades. They know the TARDIS, they know yeah. a Dalek on site. And so the press are, are, will always print something. It is always space filler. And we have to remember as well that in the 90s, in the 90s, from 1989 onwards, Doctor Who was in the paper continually every year. Yeah. Paul Daniels is going to be the doctor. Um, you know, uh, Hugh Grant's going to be the doctor. Some other is going to be the doctor. Steven Spielberg is going to do a new series. The BBC are in negotiation. The same stories went on for ever in the 90s, an entire decade. It kept it, it kept it in the public's consciousness. But that's the only thing, really. It was all nonsense. Every single story was nonsense. Is it and possible now... that they is it sorry, is it possible that they did this because so for instance, right? When this story broke, it would be on, say, for instance, is it Daily Mirror or The Sun, Dan, was it? It was, it was a Sunday paper. I think it was The Sunday Mirror. Okay. So it was, it was, it was the, the Sun that broke it originally. All right. The, so the mirror, the mirror do you think they did that because basically, like, say, for instance, the, the, it, it got released on The Sun's website. They wanted people to visit the website. Yeah, and, it's just, and it's... it's so, so basically, it, 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 they didn't, obviously, what JT is saying, they don't care. All they want is people to come to the website. It's clickbait, Ian. It's yeah, clickbait yeah, online, yeah, or it's, yeah, I mean. it's yeah. back in the day. Back in the day when people actually uh, bought newspapers bought in their droves. Yeah, absolutely yeah. anything yeah. Yeah. Uh, to do with Coronation Street or Doctor. Who. I mean, I've got a whole collection up there of mm. things from 1974 from the paper. So if there was a Doctor Who story, I would go and buy a paper, clip it out, and put it in that folder. You know, and and I think a lot of us did that. Uh, people would do it about. The, I mean, show business took off with the the, the the Ken and Deirdre and Mike thing, didn't it? That's when it yeah, all yeah, went boom. Yeah. You know, that whole fair yeah. in Coronation Street. But that's all it is. It was just pure space style. And I'm, Dan and I have had this conversation. We know this. They troll through the likes of the Type Forty Facebook page on Facebook and other fan things. They watch the YouTube shows and they think, "Oh, that's interesting." Type, 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 type. Print. That's the job done. I've seen Next. it happen. I've seen it go through the process through Gallifrey Base. And you and I both know, Ian, that uh, you know you know better than I do. In fact, that people are watching. People are listening. But you know what? <laughs> when I was a graphics artist, and what I'm just going to back up what J JT just said. When I was a graphics artist, remember there was this story about someone having an affair with someone, and they came to our um, our post-production company and they had a picture of the two people that may be having an affair and they asked me whether i can make them come closer oh yeah and they do that with the public as well don't they yeah. um and of course there were certain actors that are in doctor who that also had this um in the 80s and the 90s yeah. certain prolific actors shall we say who yeah. had all this sort of thing and had their lives ruined for a little while because of what the press want you to do i mean it's it's just we all know there's a, there was a great saying when you had newspapers we all know that today's news is tomorrow's fish and chip wrapping paper yeah. we've got to keep that in context and as fans please please keep that in content you know I'm, I'm, until you see something official yeah don't believe and what the press say i want to say as well that whilst it's still so telling that a nonsense like this on the Alexander thing, which is on the surface really quite harmless, and there's been kind of stories like this for a very long time, David Hasselhoff and all things like that. Oh, stories like David this, stories like this, yes. stories like this <laughs> are harmless, and usually they'd be a, a blip and they'd be forgotten in an afternoon. The reason why they get latched onto now, it's not just because of social media, it's because people are f forgetting why they used to like the show.
absolutely what the show was about there's no audience identifying character in there at all now and there's nobody they recognize as the hero their childhood hero that icon and so they hear something that excites them for whatever reason it could be the silliest reason it could be for a reason that's incorrect like the thing that problem being was just saying in the chat about ollie being the the first gay actor you know whatever you can hang you can hang you can hang it on any peg at all that none of that really matters but when something like this brings doctor who back into the public arena and and you realize that people actually do want to want to watch the show To have sent the amount of people away in their millions, as Chris Chibnall has managed to do over the last three or four years, it's a hell of a feat because there's a massive amount of affection, certainly in the British public for Doctor Who, that stretches back generations. And the the crux of it is that's why merchandisers, what few merchandisers Mm. do, still chase licenses for this show. That's why they remain people who make the calendars or whatever. And that is why the newspapers do round on these stories and latch on to anything they can because they're, you know, and it, just the same as it would prompt someone like JT or myself to buy that newspaper that they wouldn't normally buy, but I'm going to hand over my 30p because it's mentions Doctor Who for a page. It's the same. You know, that was clickbait too. And now it gets us going to websites that we kind of feel dirty yeah. for clicking on. Except yeah. back in the old days, ago, a lot of the stories were revolving around companion leaving, new companion coming in. Yeah. Yeah. There weren't that many rumours there. I remember one uh, thing I've got from, I think it was the Mail years and years ago was a whole page coverage of of Liz and Ian Marta opening up a Doctor Who exhibition on Sunset Strip uh, and that was the paper for you this is before the magazine uh, Doctor Who Weekly and stuff but that that was a true story and there's pictures of them having a lovely time obviously on an all expenses paid holiday but what was the first part of that question about merchandise and I was interested in that as well because I would question now there is less merchandise around now than there has been and the quality of it is what I would deem to be safe DVD, Blu-ray, book. Um, uh, I, I, I can't talk much about Bog Fanish because that's an ongoing license. But from what Dan has said and what we've talked about on this show, they are going to join the Chibnall look of it. So that's that. Everything else they, I don't think this is around. I think I think what the, what the person who asked the question meant more so was the fact that in their publicity material, yep. they will still build things about, you know, the, the Time Lord's back for another box set of adventures. You know, it's still... It's still part well, of the, how it is. Lex- the lexicon, yeah. you know. It's yeah. uh, which is well, because same. he is. I mean, when you're looking at the things that sell, as we've discovered here, and as we know is proven, whether people like it or not, it's not the Chibnall era. That's gone. You know, I mean, it, it, I mean, it just disappears. But it, when you are talking about the Doctor, which is Doctor One to Seven, and then if you like, from Eight to Twelve, he is a Time Lord. And the Time Lord is back when his new season comes out on Blu-ray. You know, <laughs> where, you know where, and we're, hopefully we're going to get the next announcement soon of if there's two more coming out this side of Christmas. If they want to say the Time Lord's back, they have every right to do that because he is. It's just this small little part of the series now in its long, long history, which no, none of us are watching. And when you hear a phrase like that as well, well all of us, you know, uh, the, the Time Lord is back. Your ears prick up. You know exactly who they mean, at which you don't even need to hear, hear the title of the show. It's, but it's I have to ask the question, why did they not want Doctor Who to be a Time Lord? Well, oh. it's not they. It was just him. He wanted well, an origin story. Well, and he wanted to he wanted to move it on, allegedly, from the nonsense I've heard. And that's failed. And it's what, But, I, you know, the great thing is that if and when the series ever does come back properly as the, the show we all know and love, what they will say is, the Time Lord is back. <laughs> that's what will happen. The public will go, that's Doctor Who. 
They have their strap line already. There are people out there. There are young people working their way up just the same way as they were in the in the 90s. There are young people working their way up in the industry now who are going to reach into all this mess, peel away all this nonsense, uh, and pick out a clean cut doctor the foundation stone of doctor who again and restore it the same way that that russell t davies managed to restore it and polish it up for a new generation it could take a few years well let's just hope so. hope, let's hope it's the right young person right. what i see now in fandom i mean when the ollie alexander thing broke i'm not talking about fandom i'm talking about filmmakers and <laughs> oh well that's good because that's what i mean but I'm, I'm, i but the whole thing about yeah. this issue is that a lot of this has infected young people all around in every sector in every career i mean i've heard of a story recently of a of a, a young person that was asked to leave a construction site because he was bothering on about his personal pronouns get a life you know <laughs> and he was asked to leave so you know you, wow. you've 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 it's worrying in that sense because I hope it's the right sort of adjusted, sensible young person that's going to come in. This is why I'm thinking, well, actually, it should really go back to our age group because we're not bothered by all these labels. Maybe. And the Ollie, the Ollie Alexander, guess who was really happy about the Ollie Alexander news or, or rumour? It was all the tick boxing lot and all the, the rainbow coloured community who are mental. You know, it was just absolutely, I thought, there they are. There they are again, the alleged so-called yeah, activists. I oh, saw a lot, a lot of people, and there's a couple of people our, our age, you know, round about our age, people I, I respect and like, and they were saying, oh, this is a really good idea because he is gay, not because he is stupid, suitable for the part, because stupid, he's a great yeah. actor, because he's gay. It'll flush all Why the bigots out. Why about bigots? today? No. Why? No, well, I don't understand. I mean, <laughs> everything yeah. from Doctor Who to Star Trek to everything about sexuality. Everything. Yeah. He has yep, to be I, binary. I, I, he has to. He's this. He's that. Whatever. Why do you just concentrate on the story of, and make a make I agree, it better? And I'm sick you know? of the overriding conversation around this wonderful fantasy family adventure show being being one about uh, of identity and sexuality and all that all that kind of thing. I think it's it's swamping the the cornerstones of the appeal of the show and the reason why it's been a success for nearly sixty years, as is. Mm. That's I've grown that's why it's so failing with the British so public. We are so seeing much, the British yeah. public turning around against this stuff and questioning. I mean, we've got examples now of parents taking their children out of schools across the United yeah, Kingdom because of all this that, nonsense yeah. that's yeah. coming in. Uh, it's it's, uh, I, I'm, I'm generally worried about what's going on right now. Generally worried. Think, and, and people like the BBC are, are leading it all. I think mm. we all are, and maybe you are too. That's probably why we get questions like this quite consistently. Yeah, maybe, and we, yeah. will, we, you know, we don't want to go over old, old ground all the time, but we will give you honest answers. This is Type 40, and we are always honest, and uh, we believe in voicing our opinions. And, uh, yeah, we don't uh, – we, we've got uh, no – We yeah. I wouldn't well, say one of the few places that you're, you're safe to yeah. voice an opinion on. I would, say we, take, I would say we take the gloves off, but we will tell you what we genuinely think, and we will explain why we think it. It doesn't mean to say that we don't respect your views. It doesn't oh, mean I... that we're not interested in your views. We sincerely are. But here you will get, uh, in this instance, four guys who will tell you exactly how they feel. And, you know, maybe I mean, none of us are perfect. None of us have all the answers. But we just try here on this show to be who we really are. And, you know, there's, <laughs> you know, what's and all, you know, the contrarian side to me, I know that comes out. I certainly haven't got all the answers. But, you know, I, I don't know where it's going to go. And it does worry me too, JT. And, and mm. you know, Ian, uh, you know, I all the things that we that we see when we talk about all these facets yep. of, of popular culture, all this stuff, I won't say it keeps me awake at night, but, I, you know, I 
I do I do resent the fact that it's damaged so much that has yep. made me who I am today. And uh, you know, Simon, we've talked several times, haven't we, about how being not being a maverick voice in particular, but being a being a bit of a voice of dissent, or just being somebody who is uh, who has a sort of satirical sense of humor or reading of something, being playful with something, not taking it so deathly seriously, that can sometimes bring one foul of of the system, can't it? Of the of the general the general sort of uh, discourse around it. You know, I don't think any of us are particularly afraid of that. Not at our age, are we? But I, yeah, but I think I think. Um you know, we should keep saying what's on our mind, especially when it comes to this subject. Because, and I also think that everyone out there, if, we, if they think the same way we do, should. Because you know why? Yeah, because always. the voice, our voices will be heard. We'll be, we'll be, if, if we all act the same way, they'll have no alternative but to listen to us. Do you know what I mean? The, the, the yeah. access media is trying to suppress what we're doing. They hate YouTube because we have this platform to talk, it's right? Scary, but, that, we should use this platform to voice our opinions and keep pushing. This is our job to keep Absolutely. pushing. This is this is one of the things, though, because this is one of the few outlets that you can do because people are now losing their jobs and their careers, their livelihoods, their houses yeah. because yeah. They've, they've, they've expressed themselves. And, and expression in our individual is how we were all brought up, to yeah. express yourself and have respect for other people expressing yourself. And that's gone down the toilet now. Mm. And and people are, people are being hounded now. And, and it's shocking, really. I mean, there are times when even myself, I am afraid to say something now because of things that have happened to me recently. And, in, you know, I, I, and that's in a, in, in a different capacity. Yeah. It, it's 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 very, very concerning um, that the only outlet we get is are, are places like this where we can all talk as fans together and, and, and banter with each other. Yeah, that's the that's the key. We are still we're, we're not activists, everybody. We're fans. And we love talking about this stuff. We enjoy each other's company. We enjoy your company. And we love talking about Doctor Who and celebrating the, the TV show, the legend, the the, the modern mythology that is Doctor Who. We like to share it all with you. And we'll be back in a few weeks' time to do it some more. But that mm -hmm. wraps up the uh, Ask Us Anything for this time. We're that was brilliant. Pretty, we're going to get a pretty picture, Jack. We're going to get a pretty picture up. And pretty where picture. are we? <laughs> this is the latest from yes. the Prydonian. I had to bring this on. This this is his latest uh, take on, we had the evil of the Daleks earlier on. This is the power of the Daleks. Simon, just look at that Dalek processing line there. Isn't it magnificent? Don't you love the way those balls are gleaming? Why does it remind me of Meccano? Yeah, because it's the it's comics. the ridges, isn't it? It's the it's all yeah. those sort of whole things in there yeah. and what I have mean, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, Simon, that's the, the original that's how you want the power of the Daleks to look, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yes, beautiful. How close do you think this is, Simon, to the the scene that was in in Power of the Daleks? Such I story doesn't exist that, anymore. I can imagine that being relatively close, at least in sort of composition. Obviously, it looks utterly, utterly stunning, and we know that, that they did the uh, the sequence in the show with um with Marks. Uh, Louis Marx Daleks, which looked nothing oh, like yeah. real Daleks, <laughs> <laughs> sadly. Um, but but, oh, but that was all right. <laughs> I, I think composition-wise, it isn't too far because you're right. The, the Meccano stuff is there that, that I've always thought. Yeah, it does look kind of Meccano-like. It's um, right, isn't it? The struts in, in Power of the Daleks. So I would imagine that's that's not a million miles off. Yeah. Um, I, I, I would imagine there was a, a reason why it did look like Meccano as well, because we're talking the sixties when Meccano was huge. Yeah. It was the toy that it was really? toy that boys that's and true. some girls played with. It was it was in every household. That's mm. right, and they probably maybe they did use it for. Um, 
for for for, for the uh, probably for the because because of the fact that they were making them they made this obviously that we're looking at now it was a, a model uh, at the time um, and so they probably started with that and said yeah we can do that with Meccano and they maybe then just transferred that into the full size <laughs> net um, because it was easy to do it's it's mm. it's highly possible um, yeah. yeah Alex in the chat there is saying Hertz Daleks was it Hertz Daleks that they used then for Power the Daleks I oh, thought it was no it was it was Louis Marx I thought it was Louis Marx I, I thought it was Louis Marx but um, anyway whatever they were the Louis Daleks. We continue to follow the work of the Pridonian. That's James Beautiful. Johnson on Twitter. He's a shy, retiring guy, only a young guy. He works so hard on these. I mean, I would imagine he's got a great career in front of him, Ian. What do you think? I think he has. I think uh, this is a beautiful piece of art. It is. That's all I can say, you know, and you can't dispute that fact. Look how beautiful it looks and the but, symmetry you know, my, of the picture is really, really, really great. What and my very, very favourite bit in this is that tiny little bit of, of Dalek slice on the left-hand side in, in yeah. extreme close-up. That's yeah, just, yeah, I yeah. just love the, the way he's yeah. framed that, just with a tiny little bit of Dalek where you can see the little rivets that are holding the slats together. It's just so well observed. It's beautiful. very reminiscent of the TV show where you would just have that image of a Dalek at the corner of the screen. Correct. Correct. Yeah. It's Brilliant. Beautifully yeah. framed. Yeah. yeah. Well said. I uh, now you've now you've said it. I hadn't even noticed that. It's even got that slightly different. Oh, that's Daniel. A different appendage there. Absolutely wonderful stuff. <laughs> but yeah, as as we are yeah, going on a on a break for just a couple of weeks, though, people have asked in the chat, where are you going? Just a couple of weeks. Breather. But there'll be more stuff coming up on the channel, I promise. But yeah, but you can't go anywhere at the moment. All the airports are closed. It's all right. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I feel that uh, yeah, we should because we we talk about about James' work so often. Then yeah, just to say how much we we admire what he's doing, enjoy looking at this stuff, every little detail, ta detail, taking it all in. Yeah, absolutely wonderful stuff. Keep on doing it. We'll keep looking at it. We'll keep bringing it to you. But obviously, you can go and follow James yourselves over on Twitter. Just before we go, Simon, let's tell people about this, about this competition again. So, yeah, it's uh, what can people win and how can they win it? They can, yeah, they can win a, a paperback copy of Clack, which has been very, very kindly donated by uh, Candy Jar Books. Um, the, the only, the only sort of rule, unfortunately, on this one is sadly you can't. <laughs> you can't enter it unless you've got a British address. It's going to cost so much money to send that overseas um, that uh, unfortunately we can only send it to a, a, a UK address. Um, so you don't have to be in the UK. You can enter from outside the UK as long as we can send the book to a UK address. Um, you, 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 uh, you know, get it sent to a friend or a relative or something and it gets send hold it to on me. to it until the madness has <laughs> passed and you're meeting up with them. And it's really, really simple to win a copy paperback copy of Clack. All you've got to do, I think I'm right on this, aren't I, Dan? You've got yep. to share the, 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 our review video of Clack from Facebook. You've got to share it somewhere on Facebook. Spread the word. Yeah, get that sharing it? go. Not a question <laughs> or anything like that. No I was expecting a question like, where does Clack come from? Oh, yeah. What sort of Saturday Superstore is this? <laughs> we, want everybody, we want everybody to be in a chance we're winning this. So literally, all you've got to do, share the video. You'll find the video. I think I'm right down again. We'll, you'll find the video on yes. the top of the Facebook uh, page. It'll also be on the Hoonatics Facebook page. So just share the video. And you've got to like uh, and subscribe to our channel as well you have to subscribe to the facebook the facebook channel and by all that. means you can share oh, it share it on easy. you can share it on twitter to take the take the hot link share it over on twitter and tag 
at Type 40 Doctor Who over on Twitter. We'll see that you've shared it there too. We'll get a notification and we'll put all the names in a hat and pick one out at random and fire you off a copy of Clap. (laughs) Fire you. And to be clear, it's not this video that you're now watching. It's our review. It's down in my review copy of uh, our review video of Clack. And the link, yes, you can find that on the Facebook page, and I'll pop the link to that in the description of this video too. But yeah, it's clearly labelled. It's everywhere. Of Clack. It's Type Forty, a Doctor Who podcast reviews Clack. There we are. I think we've. I think we've got all. We'll how how, 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 how do people know who's won? Are we announcing it on the next we'll show or what's happening? The yes, well, this is the thing because we're going to be back in a few weeks' time. You see, we'll try really? one on of it. the things. Yeah, we're going to we're going to reveal the winner live. On air, and yes, you'll be. Uh, yeah, don't be too that, surprised if I won. That's all I can say. <laughs> you're not allowed to. Wear, you're not allowed to. Damn it! You'll be getting your Why? copy of your copy of Clack. You're, the lucky winner will be getting their copy of Clack for the post. There, it's vibrant, says the talents of Wayne Shine. It is, and that's just Simon's shirt. You'll be getting your copy of Clack and some lovely, lovely Swarthiga with it. They look great, says David Enke. Well, thank you very much, guys. We we look great. Well, we. Appreciate that. Thank you. Nice, <laughs> nice to nice to be admired, isn't it? I know. I, I don't do Twitter either. Says the talents. Well, get on Twitter. Sort it out. Get on Facebook. Get on Twitter. Something share like that. Share it on Facebook. Share it on Facebook. Uh, it doesn't matter. Just get it. Share it. As long as you share the video, doesn't matter. Yeah, and Richard Brooks does remind us for the uh, Facebookless ones. It's only fifteen pounds, direct from Candy Jar. Yeah, as I said, you've got the links to that in the video too. If you go and find that video, you'll see. If you want to pull the trigger, if you just want to go to the website, you can order your copy there. The art looks great. I don't do Facebook. Oh, <laughs> I don't blame. Oh, dear, I don't blame yeah, your yeah. talents. To be I honest, social blame. media is actually evil now. It's and just David. Not, I don't blame you. It does us a lot of favors. I can't really say too much, but yes, David Enke says, please do hurry back. We're going to do our best. We'll. We'll run back in a few weeks' time. But, yeah, thank you. That wraps up this episode, this live stream. Really thank you for the questions. Yeah, it was absolutely fantastic, this show. We are, we're are delighted because we didn't get them all. I think last time we had so many about Jodie Whittaker and Chris Chibnall. Yeah. <laughs> this time you know what? That means we'll have to do a third. Ask it me was anything. really yes. eclectic. Is yes, Christian we'll- still here? Is Christian still here? If Christian's still here, we've done two. <laughs> yes, Christian. <laughs> we know what you're doing watching this show, Christian. We know <laughs> what you're doing. We see you on YouTube. Yeah, uh, kicking off right now. Actually, it's already started. It's the rabbi from another planet. We've got long today, but go and find the rabbi. Go and go and give him our best. All I love the rabbi from another planet. Our very favourite YouTuber going at the moment live. And yeah, there's lots of other Doctor Who goodies on the Facebook channel too for you to go and check out. If you're the type forty podcast itself which you can stream or download anyway on type40.podbean.com or get it on spotify tune in apple podcasts all those places and lots more of these live streams here for you to watch for you to catch up on in our absence another over 25 now of these long form conversations now some of them are about the news which may date them a little bit but some of them are just long form nonsense us wittering on about all (laughs) manner of doctor who trivia deep dives into doctor who topics Something for everybody in all of that. And there'll be a couple more videos to come out between now and then. They just won't be live. But, yeah, we'll be back soon for the rest of this Series 3. I'm calling this series. <laughs> I call the podcast season and this series. For, yeah, for another block <laughs> of live streams. But thank you so much for your time, gentlemen. And thank, thank you. you to I space everybody. Bookers. Everybody out there watching. They were fantastic. Yeah, they were brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic stuff. More, please. Yeah, if you do think of some more questions, keep them stocked up for round three. That'll be coming probably 
sometime later in the year. But yeah, we will be back soon, we promise. But that's us at Type 40 Live checking out for now. Bye-bye. Those shows are a blast to make. We'll be putting more of them out too here on the Type 40 feed. But if you want to catch Type 40 Live, literally live, join in with the comments on YouTube and Facebook and wherever. Head over to YouTube, search for The Spacebook, and there we are. Subscribe to the channel and turn on the little cloister bell. Then you'll get all the notifications on when we'll be live streaming next. We always have the time if you have the space here at Type 40. Thanks for listening. More soon. Take care. Bye-bye. A Doctor Who podcast is a Spacebook production for the Fandom Podcast Network with music by Problem Being.